I wanted to touch base at the beginning here before we get into the episode. This is a bit of a long one, but there is a lot of really, really good research and history in this episode. Please stay with it. It turned out really amazing. With that said, I present to you Epion 5's Mysteries, Monsters, and Mayhem Halloween Special. It's Mystery, Monsters, Mayhem. God damn it. <laughs> what? It's going to happen. Oh, yeah, it's great. There's going to be some belches and some burps uh, right. on the way over here. I had to stop at a gas station, and I got a candy bar. Oh, what'd you get? A delicious uh, caramello. Oh. It's a fancy, fancy it's one. A nice, it's a nice uh, caramel in there, too. Yeah, I know. It's yeah. like silk. And it, but it makes me burp, so. That's weird. Yep. Huh. And now I'm also drinking. Yeah, some highlights. Some the Miller champ- highlights. Champagne of beers. Champagne of beers. I live in Champagne. Yes. And it's Miller time. It's Miller time. It's Miller time. <laughs> that one goes out to Carly. Yeah. <laughs> Which, if you're listening, Carly, that's from the film Ghostbusters. It's a little known indie film. <laughs> yeah. Ghostbusters. Yeah. All right. That's a big Twinkie. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, you, you lead the way. This is I'll you, lead the right? way. Yeah, actually, there's not going to be a lot of dibble-dabble. That's not a word, but it's... Yeah. it's yeah. Jibber-jabber. Jibber-jabber. That's a Mr. T Dibble-dabble. Okay, that's not a Mr. T. That's like Mr. Mr. T says jibber-jabber. Jibber-jabber. The white boys say dibble-dabble. Yeah. <laughs> I'm pretty white, so... This is true. Yeah. This is uh, true. So, uh, there's not going to be a lot of dibble-dabble on this episode, because uh, there's so, a... There's a lot of shit to get There's through. a lot of content, but I will say this. I'm excited for this episode. I say that for every episode. Yeah, most of them have been a lie up until now. They've been a lie. <laughs> but if you remember for uh, when I when I wrote you, texted you a year ago saying, hey, I want to do a podcast. Yeah. And I sent you a list of episodes that I thought might be fun to do. This was one of them that was on there. Oh, I still have that list. Yeah. So this is like an OG idea yeah. for the show. So yeah, like it, probably the first five. Yeah. It's yeah. fun to follow through. It's like, I feel like probably the same feeling that the last podcast guys have when they're like, we're finally doing this episode oh, that we've yeah. been talking about for years. Yeah. So I'm just going to skip it. Uh, so this is a heavy hitter. This is a heavy hitter. <laughs> this is definitely a heavy hitter. Yeah. I can't say it's a gold star episode because it's not, there's no gore or anything involved. In I mean, this. in the sense that you did the work, so you get a good gold star. I get a good gold star, yeah. yeah. And I'm I'm giving myself a good gold star with this gold, delicious Miller Highlight. <laughs> yes. I think it's gold. I don't know. You're colorblind. I know. I could never know. Um, <laughs> but, I, you know, let's just get right into it. Welcome to the show, everybody. It's M3 with E5, Mystery, Monsters, and Mayhem. I am your host, Epion5. You are Brian Aerosol Pro. How are you doing? I'm here to edit the podcast. Yep, you're here to edit the podcast. <laughs> But I, am I the producer? Does yeah, that make me a producer? Sure. I'm going to put that on my LinkedIn. Producer, executive producer. And seducer. Direct. <laughs> <laughs> I wouldn't have minded you saying that, but you looked me right in the eyes when you said it, so. Yeah. 
It was a little weird. (laughs) It's only weird if you make it weird. That's true. But um, today is a monster episode. And today we're going to be talking about Halloween masks, but more specifically... The day after Halloween. Yeah. Well, yes. (laughs) Yes. It's true. Well, yeah. So, yeah. The fun thing is, is like, this is, for me, this is my Halloween episode. Because Halloween's like a few days from now. Yeah. Uh, But this episode is coming out the day after Halloween, which is fine. Because if you're missing Halloween, guess what? Yeah. You got this episode. Go back. And I mean, like, you know, like, people celebrate around it. Oh, yeah. It's fine. Yeah, yeah, totally. But we're talking about Halloween masks, but more specifically, vacuform masks and the companies that made them. Oh. Yeah, so this is like a history episode. Uh, and now some of you might be asking yourself, what is a vacuform mask? Um, you have some in your room right now, actually. You're pointing to a vacuform mask. Yeah, it's a Trick or Treat Studios uh, Scooby-Doo Creeper mm-hmm. vacuform. It featured in the opening of yeah. Scooby-Doo. Yeah, yeah it's very the original. Nice. 70s first. It's the the OG, but uh, for those of you who might not be familiar, the answer is quite simple. Uh, A vacuform mask is a piece of plastic that has been molded into the shape of a character's face. It could be Frankenstein, Dracula, Batman, Lucille Ball. It could be Jared Harris. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. The son of famous actor Richard Harris. It could literally be anything. Mole on there. It looked really nice. Moles are delicious. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) Yes. (laughs) <laughs> uh, a vacuform mask is worn on the front of your face. It's just wrong with your face, <laughs> little girl. <laughs> that one goes out to my b boy Brendan Small. <laughs> Actually, I don't know Brendan Small, but I'm Brenda. sure he's a, a delight to be around. I bet he is too. Yeah, but uh, a vacuform does not cover your whole head like a, a latex or a rubber mask, and it's held in place using a small elastic cord that wraps around the back of your head, and that cord is inevitably going to break. Always. Yes. It's usually, like, fastened in by, like, staples, staples or yeah. Actually. It's yeah. Not, yeah. It's not even tied to the mask. No, 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 no. Uh, but oftentimes, the mask would come with a very cheaply made costume to complete the ensemble. Yeah, usually made out of, like, an old uh, old tablecloth from, like, a pizza hut or something. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> it's one yeah. of those latex... They, yeah, they were, they were made of they were made of cheap vinyl. Yeah. Uh, but in the early days, it was actually made of very thin fabric. Oh. Uh, people in the industry refer to this little costume as a smock, which I it, okay, but I like to call it a jumpsuit or a little jumper. Because a it, little jumper, a little jumper, because <laughs> it was basically a one piece jumper that would fit over your existing clothes. And usually it's, like, too short, so you get, like, four inches on your wrist. Oh, yeah. And, no, like, yeah. like, eight inches on your on your ankles. It was kind of like wearing a trash bag, <laughs> honestly. But, yeah. it, but the fun thing about the jumper is nearly all of them had an image printed on the front. And the image yeah. was usually the artwork of the character that you were dressing up as. So, for example, if you were dressing up as Spock from Star Trek... Uh, the vacuform mask is molded and painted to look like Spock's face. The jumpsuit, however, didn't look anything like Spock's outfit from the show. Spock wore black. Are, are you are you a Star Trek fan? Do you remember? I dabble. Okay. Yeah. So, like in the original OG Star Trek show, Spock wore black pants, a blue shirt, and it had a little Star Trek emblem like right above the heart. Collared. Yeah. Yeah. That's an easy. I, ideally, that's an easy costume to make. Yeah. But they didn't do that. No. What they did was (laughs) they had a little vinyl jumpsuit that was, if my memory serves me correct, it was black, red, and yellow. And on the chest, instead of it being a blue shirt, it was a black, red, 
and yellow drawing of the Starship Enterprise oh. flying across your chest with Spock's face right above it. Like and a then, glamour shot. Yeah. Kind of like, yeah. <laughs> and then, of course, you're wearing Spock's mask. So it's you're dressed as Spock with Spock on your chest. Yeah, it, it almost it's almost like the company that's making them like isn't confident in the in the mask making ability that they had to be like, just so you know. <laughs> This is Spock. This is Spock. <laughs> oh, and sometimes the costume would say the name of yeah, the character. Yeah. yeah, yeah, like the Batman one, I think, just says, just like, Bat- it doesn't have the Bat symbol. No. It just, just says Batman. Batman. Yeah. Uh, and then, like, blue and white checker pattern for some reason. Honestly, that was, I think that was kind of the charm of it, because they, they all had a distinct look. Yeah. So, but that's that's the little vinyl jumpsuit, the little jumper. The nice thing about the vacuform masks, though, is that they were incredibly inexpensive. Uh, this is due to the fact that they really cost nothing to make. Matter of fact, you could make one yourself at home. It costs like $50 in materials from Menards to make a vacuform machine, and you can make your own little mask. There's YouTube tutorials. Yeah. When I looked at old advertisements... That's how I like to say it. So fancy. Advertisements. So fancy. My German heritage yeah. coming through. Uh, I'm glad that's the only part of your German heritage yeah. coming through. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Uh, yeah, that's right. That's das stimmt. Um, <laughs> when I looked at the old advertisements uh, from the 60s and 70s, uh, vacuform mask and the costume cost on the average around a dollar ninety nine. God damn! So in inflation to today, it's like fifteen bucks. Yeah, I think that one was twenty. Yeah, right. and and the thing though is back then your wages kept up with inflation, unlike now. <laughs> right, we're getting into the economy. Yeah, so Didn't it was know that was going to happen. I know it was still far more affordable back then, even for somebody poor. Which that's what I was going to say. Anybody could afford. A vacuum mask. It didn't matter if you were from a poor family or from a rich family. And now this is where I'm going to the blues, Brian. Yeah. I'm going to the blues, and this is my blues voice. Oh, but like white people blues. White people blues. <laughs> and you you <laughs> yeah. might be asking yourself, Brian, yeah. if you got a blues, if you're a blues man, what's your blues name? And my blues name, it's the same as my wrestling name. Oh. It's a Bavarian legend, Brian. <laughs> oh, okay. It's a Bavarian legend, Brian, because I am salty as fuck. <laughs> Now, I, now, I'm just going to say this, Brian. Yeah. I grew up on the poor side of the tracks, Brian. And I can tell you this right now, because I did, actually. Uh, we lived in Literally a, next to train tracks. <laughs> yeah. We, we actually lived out in the country with the with the deer that were roaming. Yeah. And our house was called the Sugar Shack, because it was... That was how... I think I may have talked about this. Oh, yeah. In the we talked about yeah, the Sugar Shack. I believe it in the Bad Dads episode. The Bad Dads episode. episode. It's a great yeah. one. Uh, so, so our house... A goodie. Yeah. Our house was literally... It used to be a chicken coop that was converted into a home. Yeah. But, yeah. We grew up on the poor side of tracks, but it didn't matter. We could afford it from any five and dime store. And so the nice thing about vacuform masks is when you're out trick-or-treating, everybody's got the same costume. You didn't know who was rich. You didn't know who was poor. It's yeah. just a bunch of kids running around. Equality Street, Brian. I'm... Telling you, Equality Street. It's like Spider-Man. Anyone can wear the mask. Anyone can wear the mask. <laughs> <laughs> Another great aspect uh, regarding va- regarding vacuum form was that there were no limitations as far as what you wanted to be or what you wanted to dress up as. Uh, essentially, there was a veritable variety of masks and characters to choose from. You could literally get a mask for any character, comic book, uh, cartoon, movies. Musicians. Musicians, actual political figures um they had masks for batman the flash the dragon from the film dragon slayer (laughs) right which yeah do you remember that looks like shit it looked okay yeah you know it had a good paint job i think that dragon's name was vermithorax if i 
don't know. That's me being super dirty. Like Sean Connery or something? No, no. You're thinking of that other bad movie. Dragonheart. Yeah. That's what I was thinking. Yeah. Yeah. I'm a dragon. Yeah. Slapping ladies around. (laughs) Yes. Because that's what he did. business, darling. business. <laughs> uh, you could get a mask of George Harrison. Oh, yeah. yeah that's yeah. true. Um, they not can... one of Ravi Shankar. No, they did not make a mask of Ravi Shankar. Ravi Shankar. Ravi. Um, they even masked... This one blows my mind. I'm going to... Here's where Star Wars comes into mm. it. They even made a mask for Klaatu from 1983's Return of the Jedi. Do you know who Klaatu is? Klaatu... <laughs> it's gonna be those ones where you tell me who it is, and then I'm like, "Yeah, right. of course." It, it, he was one of the random skiff guards. Oh, uh, at the Battle of the Sarlacc Pit. Yeah, he had no speaking lines. You say Battle of the Sarlacc Pit, but it, from it my memory, a blind guy <laughs> knocked a dude into a hole. He and then was it just smacking stuff around. Yeah, I know. <laughs> but. Yeah, the Klaatu character, as far as I know, wasn't even credited in the film. Didn't even have an action figure. No, he had an action figure. <laughs> I, he did have an action figure. But the point is, non-speaking role, just yeah. background character, yeah. had a costume for it. Huh. Yeah. So you can be Klaatu if you wanted to. Right. Uh, but, and speaking of the actual costume, the mask and the little vinyl jumper, it was very easy to get dressed up. Uh, literally, within one minute, you are ready to trick-or-treat. You just had to step into the little jumper, pull it over your clothes, slide the mask on your face, and you're ready to go. It's you, candy time, baby. It is, yeah. Par- parents loved it, too, because it was like, you're done. You know, yeah. they didn't have to mess with makeup or anything. I don't think I really ever did much of the uh, vacuum for masks as a kid. Yeah, I went as a zombie you, a lot you, of you years. You were born in 87, right? Yeah. Okay. I actually will get into... I mean, they were there. They were there, yes. Um, we did a lot of zombie, which was just like gray pancake yeah, make. Like, yeah. we were we were poor enough that I couldn't even afford the vacuum yeah. for. <laughs> it was just, here's some old clothes, throw some fake blood on you, you're yeah. good to go. Yeah. I'm going to actually get into a section of the decline of vacuum form, and it coincides uh, basically when you were born. Yeah, most so, things do. Yeah, you missed out on the good stuff. I'm just saying. You've talked about that. Yeah. I blame Nixon. Uh, yeah. <laughs> Nixon. Reagan. Yeah. Yeah. Fuckers. I know. And finally, the last thing I want to talk about, vacuum forms, and then the episode's done. No, I got shit to say. Okay, I was kidding. <laughs> yeah. uh, no, the last thing that I love about vacuum forms uh, was the packaging. Yeah. The pack... Man, the packaging. Especially those Ben Coopers. Yes. Yeah. Uh, so, if you have never seen a Ben Cooper, College, Villa, or Halco, those are the three companies. If you've never seen one in a box, basically the mask came in a rectangular cardboard box that had a hole or a window cut in the front with a piece of clear pa- clear plastic allowing you to see the mask that was inside the box. Uh, you couldn't see the smock or the little jumper that was included as it was folded up behind the mask. But all of the boxes and the masks were adorned with amazing artwork. Um, the art was simple, it was minimal, uh, very colorful and eye-catching. And when it was time to buy a costume, your parents would take you to, parents or guardians, whatever, take you to a five and dime store, uh, or perhaps a, Sears, a department store like Sears, Kmart, JCPenney's, Woolworths. Oh, was Woolworths. A, Woolworths was a, Ooh, a big fancy one. Fancy boy. Yeah, it really didn't matter where you went because they all had the same display. Yeah. And that was the other cool thing. And I, I remember buying my first vacuum form mask when mm. I was like four, uh, where I grew up at. 
we had one store that was like a five and dime general store called Ben Franklin. Yeah. And so you'd go in and you didn't have to look for the Halloween stuff because they had it all up front. As soon yeah. as you walk in, it's right there. Yeah. And it didn't look like a shit show like they do nowadays. Like, I'm just going to say it. Most Halloween displays look like a Goodwill display in a store. Yeah, pretty much. <laughs> yeah. So. Yeah. Uh, they had all the boxes were arranged on a table right up front with big signs. Cool. So you could just see the mask. Like I said, the window in the box, you can look at all the masks. Uh, and it was amazing. So you got to just pick out and they came in different sizes, like small, medium, large. So you got to pick out, yeah. you know, I want to be a uh, Batman and I'm going to get that medium Batman. Mask. I don't know if you're like me and you go to Spirit Halloween constantly. I during, do. During I've, this time I've of year. been a couple times this year. Have you seen the throwback? Ben uh, Cooper, I've seen, Star Wars ones that they put out? I've seen a picture of it. I haven't seen oh, it in person. They're super cool. Yeah. yeah. They're like retro style cardboard box. Mm-hmm. I think they're green with like a space scape behind them. Yeah. And they're they're the, the window um, with the, the vinyl yep. jumper. Yeah. They're and super cool. They're not that expensive. No, like, I think it's like 20 bucks. Yeah. I looked up because uh, I got a Batman, a vintage yeah. style Batman that I saw. I've seen the Star Wars ones. I haven't seen any, any Batman okay. ones. Yeah. Yes. See, I mentioned like Halloween displays now. I went into a spirit store recently and I was like, it is, it's like going to the Goodwill. Like just shit's strewn everywhere. I I go I go like twenty miles out of my way to go to the Good Spirit Halloween. The oh, one by okay. me is garbage. All right, yeah. yeah. So I I basically wanted to ramble about the basic gist of what a vacuum form mask is and why I love them. Yeah. Uh, and now that I've rambled about them, I do think it is important for us to discuss why we even dress up in the first place for Halloween and to trick or treat and all of that. And I didn't want this whole episode because there's a lot of content just being me rambling about this so i gave you homework homework i gave you the assignment <laughs> yeah to give us a brief history of the halloween and its origins and hopefully how that carries over into contemporary society these fucking christians man <laughs> <laughs> like i already know the brief history yeah and it's like it's always the christians always these fucking christians uh, man. okay but yeah, take over. And you know what? This might be a backdoor pilot for an episode later. Oh yeah, down the line. Yeah, please. about these goddamn Christians. <laughs> <laughs> Who are these Christians, and what do they want? Fucking Puritans, man. Basically, yeah. if yeah. anybody's ever watched Halloween three, you basically already know this. Yeah, roughly. Yeah, kind of, so. sorta. They don't get into the Christian side of it. No, too much though. I just assume if you're watching Halloween three and you enjoy it, you probably already understand the plight. Of of uh, anything that's cool is going to just be co-opted and yeah. I'll let you go. You go. Yeah. Uh, derived from the old English word "hollow," meaning holy, as in like hollowed grounds. Mm-hmm. Uh, the title itself came from the Christian holiday All Saints Day or All Hallows Eve, that paired with the ancient Gaelic tradition of <sighs> Samhain. Samhain. I want to say Samhain. No, don't do the dance Every time. No. <laughs> but I'm going to try not. Show. I'm going to try not to say I Samhain. I just need to put it on front street. Right. It's not pronounced slip that. Up. Yeah. Samhain. That tradition occurred on November 1st, roughly. I don't think we we're really dealing with your traditional Gregorian style calendar we have now. But, <laughs> you know, just play along. Okay. Fairly secular holiday now, but way, way back then. Very different. On the Celtic calendar, October 31st was the last day of summer when the crops died. Now let's 
double over, talk Samhain for a hot minute here. Samhain. Yes, its name roughly translates to end of summer. Yes. It's the time of year where the, the, the Celts uh, believe that the world of the gods was made visible to us mortal humans. Uh, the spirits would possess the land. The gods were known to play tricks and demand sacrifice, so the Celts would don costumes to hide amongst the gods. It's basically an Iron Maiden video. <laughs> and they would also, you know, scare off the bad spirits. Yeah. And in in typical, um, you know, disgusting shitboy fashion, also it gave people who were disgusting shitboys to uh, do whatever the fuck they wanted and then blame it on spirits right. later. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> That wasn't me. Exactly. That's the. That's the. And that's, that's exactly the what they sound that's like. That's the Celts. That's the Celts. Well, the bad Celts. <laughs> yes. You know, the ones. All, hey, that wasn't me. I didn't. I didn't tip that cow over and set fire to your hay bale. Right. That was that nasty spirit over that was there. That dang spirit was, over was, there. I saw him. He I ran. Seen it. I see, and he ran away. Oh, damn it. Uh, <laughs> Dawn costumes scare the spirits. Kind of like that's that's trick or treating, yep. basically. Um, they would also carve lanterns out of gourds. I believe once it became an Americanized tradition, they initially did turnips. Yeah, I read that too. Yeah. Which that's that's like Harry Potter shit. That's like scary Harry Potter stuff, like yeah. turnips, right? <laughs> Light bonfires. Um, they would cook desserts. Mm. Yeah, but back to those dang Christians. <laughs> um, the, the the date. Of All Saints Day was moved around from from May 13th to November 1st, all the way, once again, to October 31st, through various popes dedicating churches and shits to dead saints. What? Wait, you mean to tell me that Christians are going to take something and move it around for their convenience? Yes. What the Xmas are you talking about? I mean, I wouldn't even necessarily say if it's their convenience. I think it was more to counteract the pagan celebration with a religious one. For their convenience. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Even in the 11th century, these assholes were ruining a good time. (laughs) Aspects of the holiday turned a time to reflect upon the dead, you know, harvesting crops almost into a fertility holiday. Yeah. Like, like bobbing for apples is about finding a suitor. Oh, I didn't yeah, know yeah. this. I, I had to, I did know that. Yeah. I totally forgot about it, but yeah. Uh, the apples represent, you know, the guys in the, in yeah. the, in the town and the one bitten would be a future husband. Used to be a huge, like, matchmaker in the 19th century. Oh, really? Yeah. Hmm. Like, people would find their, their spouses from bobbing for apple. I, I mean, I don't, <laughs> I don't know if that's, like, the greatest way to find your husband, but I like the idea of, like, you know what? It's time to hook up. It's Halloween yeah. season. Let's let's hook up during spooky time. I mean, it's also fitting that, you know, well, I don't want to get too deep in the Duffy with the big book here, but wasn't an apple in the Garden of Eden, guys. <laughs> <laughs> what was it? It was a penis. What? <laughs> no. Yeah, isn't it weird that it was a talking snake? Well, technically, <laughs> fruit of the loin. Exactly. You know? So I think that's kind of where the, the apple for bobbing for apples came from, though. Oh, okay. Like, it's a sexual yeah. story. It's a sexual game. Going down for some pound tart town. flavor. Going down to, to, to pound, pound town. town. <laughs> yes. Once, the, once the, those, the pesky Vatican got their hands on uh, Hollow's Eve and started incorporating the, the Gaelic traditions, um, some of the earlier costumes for Halloween were, like, kids would dress up as saints. Yeah. And, like, religious figures, which sounds just fucking lame like it sounds like a school play all those kids would get punched in the stomach by oh yeah the, by the bigger cooler kids <laughs> just knocking kids pope's hats off <laughs> <laughs> uh, fucking nerd 
Um, in medieval England, people would dress up and go door to door singing songs, kind of like uh, Christmas caroling. Yeah, okay. But they would ask for soul cakes. Ooh, oh, yeah. Which sounds metal, but it's it's really just like a sweet biscuit. Well, I like a good sweet biscuit. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. Put a little honey on it. Yeah, then you got a stew going. Um, technically, this was an All Souls Day tradition, but it kind of just got all jumbled together in the in the soup. Candy became the prominent sacrifice, quote-unquote, <laughs> in the yeah. early 1900s. Uh, the traditions had a had a hard time reaching North America because those fun-loving Puritans. Mm. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. They did not like having fun. And uh, their version was mostly harvest-related, usually a, a party filled with, like, that year's harvest. They'd tell ghost stories and, like, play games. Kind of like the scene of Brom Bones from Sleepy Hollow. Okay. Like, telling the Headless Horseman story when Ichabod shows up and meets, uh, what's her name? I'm forgetting her name. Christina Ricci. Oh, okay. <laughs> Sure. Lydia? Von Trapp. Sure. the Von Trapp. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yes. Katrina Von Tassel, you stupid dummy. It's kind of hard to find, like, concrete times for when it got more modernized. Mm -hmm. Kind of around the 18th century, like, back in Scotland, uh, some of the Scottish kids dropped the whole saintly garb bullshit. Yeah, and started dressing up as, like, ghosts and spooky characters. Which, I mean, makes sense because, you know, the the Celtic area is there. Like, that's where it started, and eventually they were like, Let's just go back to the old way. It was better. Right, like the whole point of you're like you're trying to scare away the bad spirits too, right? Initially, okay. yeah, and then eventually, like the Vatican got hold of it and was yeah. like, "No, it's about celebrating saints." I'm just saying, if you're going to dress up as a saint, you're not going to scare anybody. Maybe a cool zombie saint, you know? <laughs> <laughs> Maybe you mean Jesus? Uh, I mean, he was kind of a zombie. Yeah, kind of, sorta. But he can't hold any of the M&Ms. They just fall through fall his right hands. Fall right through his hands, yeah. Right hands. Yeah. <laughs> it's the worst way to live. You can I never know. hold candy. That's funny because we're making a world where M&Ms were around in the 1800s. <laughs> <laughs> Melt oh. in your mouth, but not in your hand. Right. Because you can't hold them. I missed this part when I read it, though. Oh, yeah. uh, Sleepy Hollow was written in 1820 to kind of give you a timeline. Yeah. Of like, Because I think that was actually the first story that actually dealt with Halloween as a tradition. okay. In, you know, like, colonial America. So it's these same Scottish, you know, kids and traditions that eventually brought the ideas of, like, dressing up as spooky characters to the U.S. when they immigrated. Sure. To the U.S. So much so that I actually found an article that brought up the first reported North American Halloween was in Ontario, in Canada in a newspaper in 1911. Oh, shit. That's That reports uh, children guising around the neighborhoods. (laughs) Yeah. (laughs) Which is what it was called. It was called guising. Guising. And they were the Scottish kids, right? Guising. I would just... uh, Oh, we're going guising. We're going guising tonight, everybody. (laughs) And like kids back then, they were much more mature. So, you know, they were smoking, drinking. These whippersnappers got to go guising. I just keep thinking that it's like train spot. They're just running away from things, you know. They could dress up as scary babies. Yeah, Yeah, it's true. In the 1930s, Halloween became more of a a commercial thing. And I think the end of this is kind of going to get into where where you pick up from the story here. Obviously, you know, films were, were, were created you know, in the late 1800s, and commercially popular films 
specifically horror films, kind of came out of Universal in the 30s, right around the time when these these masks were just starting to get made. Old Ben Cooper dipping his toes in the business. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. In the 60s, you saw the adult market boom, and this is kind of where I would hand the reins off to you, but then I read some fun stuff here. Yeah, throw it out there. Yeah, in the 70s, gay communities took the holiday and ran with it, making more elaborate costumes and throwing parades, and this is where the Halloween party actually started. Oh, nice! Like the modern-day Halloween party. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. That's funny. Um, and that's it. Yeah, it's funny. The, the times that you mentioned, actually, they correspond pretty well with what I've written. Like, Fucking nailed it! You nailed it! <laughs> you did a good job. You get a promotion. Thank you. You're welcome. Promoted uh, editor? I don't. Yeah, sure. You're already, you're already doing that. <laughs> yeah. Like, there's no pay raise. No. Because we're not what? getting paid for We're not getting paid. No. Yeah, it's funny. The 30s was when form started to take off but i have to go back a little bit further yeah actually um regarding the vacuum form masks and dressing up for halloween um there were three companies that were known for manufacturing vacuum form masks and we've already mentioned them briefly they are ben cooper collegeville and halco uh but what's interesting about all three of them is that they did not start out with the intention of making costumes for kids Oh. Yeah. Collegeville was actually founded in 1909. So it was before 19, the, what you said, 1911 was the first yeah. recorded. Yeah. 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 Collegeville was founded in 1909 when it was, a and was actually called Collegeville Flag. They were located in Pennsylvania and I'm sure you guessed yeah. it. They made and produced flags yeah. as well as aprons. The J. Halpern Company, which is hard to say because I just want to say Jim Halpert from yeah. the office. Yeah. So, but thankfully the J. Halpern Company, founded in 1917, also in Pennsylvania, is commonly known as Halco. Is this why I just naturally am drawn to Pennsylvania? I think so. Every October? For some reason, yeah. <laughs> Pennsylvania, that's like, you got your vacuum for mass, you've got basically George Romero. It's dead center of what we like to call Spook Central. Yeah. <laughs> Pennsylvania keeps coming up in like basically everything I've ever looked up in some way, shape, or form. I mean, it makes sense. It was, you know, it's it was an early, yeah, it was an early, <laughs> yeah. the fucking Dutch, dude. I was going to make a joke. I think it's from uh, What We Do in the Shadows because they talk about Pennsylvania because it sounds like Transylvania. So, yes, that too. The Vampire Council. <laughs> Pasodina. But uh, Halco, they were known for producing toys and dolls. One of the toys most. Toys and dolls. <laughs> Just a bunch of crazy toys and, and dolls. dolls. Um, <laughs> one of the most popular items they made was the toy cap gun. Oh. Uh, Asshole. Yeah, but specifically, Wild West six shooter made out of metal. And the funny thing is, is I I had that gun. Oh, I did too. Yeah, my yeah. I grew up on a farm. My grandpa wish I had some still. Yeah, my grandparents, uh, you know, they bought toys for my mom when she we was a kid. We talking the plastic? No, we're talking or the strips. The strips. I had both strip caps. Right. Yeah. yeah, strip caps. My so my grandparents bought toys for my mom and my uncle, and they never threw anything away. So by the time I came around in the desk drawer, there were old Halco cap guns. Cool. Yeah. And, uh, you know, so they made those for the wannabe cowboy, little cowboys, because that was huge back then. Westerns were fucking yeah. huge. Yeah, They're the, they were the Marvel movies of yeah. the time. Uh, well, like, good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> right, yes. Yeah. In 1927, a guy by the name of Ben Cooper founded a theatrical costume company, uh, Adult Costumes, and he provided costumes for, this, this kind of blew my mind, of all places, and for all things, 
the legendary Ziegfeld Follies. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was like, if you didn't know, that was like a theatrical dance music review out on the East Coast. Yeah. It was huge. Um, There's a series of films as well. Yes. He They're all- like compilation films. They're really weird. I, I've never They're seen They're not like, like narratives. They're okay. just like, yeah, over in Broadway. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as you said there's no narrative, my first no. thought is like the Cimmerillion from... Uh, yeah, basically. Yeah, okay. Yeah. <laughs> um, the Cotton Club. He oh. also provided costumes for the Cotton Club, which yeah. was like the biggest club on the East Coast where you would go to see famous black performers such as Count Basie, Duke Ellington, um, Ella Fitzgerald. The, the sad ironic thing is, I'm going to bring it down, um, while they featured some of the most amazing black performers... Black people were not allowed into the club. Only white people. Yes. Because of racism. So back to the good times of the show. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Let's get back past that. Um, in 1929, the Great Depression took over. I've seen greater. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so for people who aren't aware, the Great Depression, it was a pretty big event. Literally overnight, the stock market crashed. People lost their jobs. Many people lost their entire fortunes. People were literally jumping out of windows and committing suicide. Dogs and cats. Ca- God damn it. I was just going to say together. Mass hysteria. <laughs> I actually have that written down here. I knew you did. I knew, yeah. <laughs> oh, gunga la gunga. Yeah. <laughs> but as a result, people stopped going to shows because they were broke. Yeah. They couldn't go to theater shows anymore, and the TV wasn't a thing. You know, there was television, but it was for the extremely wealthy, yeah. and the screen was literally like two inches wide. I don't know if it was two inches, but it was really small. <laughs> so you said literally, yeah. and then you made up a number, yep. and then you doubled back out that's of how lack I live. of confidence. Hey. <laughs> that's how I live my life. Yeah. Every waking One day. One inch at a time. Yes. <laughs> literally. <laughs> to make ends meet regarding the changing times, all three companies decided to start making Halloween costumes because although the economy sucked, although people lost their jobs... Halloween started to become very popular in the oh, 30s. Yeah. And they thought, well, we got to change our business. We got to adjust and adapt. And it really wasn't that big of a deal for them to do so because, well, for example, Ben Cooper was already making adult costumes. Yeah. Really wasn't that much of a stretch to just shrink those costumes down for kids. <laughs> right. You know? I mean, they're plastic. Yeah. You just kind of hit them with a heat yeah. gun and you should be good to go. Uh, I mean, it was also the birth of like horror films, too. Yeah. Yeah. So it makes sense. Um, Collegeville, they made flags. Yeah. So they took their excess flag material and oh. sewed together costumes. So can you, I mean, can you guess what kind of costumes they would make using excess flag material? Evil Knievel. Evil. <laughs> <laughs> You're kind of not far off. Uh, clown costumes. Oh, I was going to guess like presidential. Yeah. Or no, clown costumes. Yeah. yeah. They would just make, use the excess flag material and they started making clown costumes. <laughs> Yeah, but I mean, it, it, it eventually morphed into the fact that it's um they they started making vacuum for mass. But so at this point in this episode, I'm gonna go through each decade and just break down some of the high points. Uh, most of what I'm gonna talk about is about Ben Cooper. What do you think a 1930s vacuum form machine looked like, though? Fuck. I don't know. Because it's going to be crazy. I mean, because like I said, you can build your own with just wood and a, and a, and a, and a vac and a, a wet dry vac. Yeah. But they so, didn't have that shit. No. I don't, a movie camera was like the size of a fucking Zamboni back yeah. then. I, I, honestly, <laughs> I don't know if there's any photos of the vacuum. Yeah. And, I, and I do know, here's the other kicker. Early vacuum form masks weren't plastic. They were cloth. Weird. Yeah. There were some, there's some very early Tom and Jerry masks that are like cloth. You can see the texture of the, of the. Were they like cloth that was like 
like soaked in like beeswax. I'm or guessing something, it was so soaked in like a glue of some kind, yeah. and huh. uh, but they were still made through the vacuum form method. But yeah, and, interesting. And they but because they're cloth, they would also break down. So there's not a lot left. They're right. worth they're worth some money. Yeah. So um, but I'm gonna just go through break down the high points of each decade, and I'm mostly gonna talk about Ben Cooper because looking back, it was clear that they were the king. Did you of get costumes. that? Did you see that statistic on Ben Cooper? About like, how much the market like they eighty percent. Yeah. yeah, it's yeah. insane. Yeah. It's, it's nuts. Um, actually, it's funny. I saw somebody on the internet because of Ben Cooper was so big and they were the king. They did own like up to 80% of the market. Somebody referred to them as the Halston of Halloween. Oh, I don't know who oh. the fuck would say that, oh. but sure. Yeah. Pretty cool. Halston of Halloween. <laughs> but yeah, first thing I have See on these here. pumpkins? It's fucking cool, man. <laughs> <laughs> Holston Halloween. Holston Halloween. <laughs> 1930s is what I'm going to kick it off yeah. with, which was funny. That's what you mentioned in your little your little paragraphs there. You mentioned the 30s. That's kind of when it all kicked off. Oh, yeah. My cute little paragraphs. Cute huh? little I paragraphs. did some work. I read like six I articles. I know you did. I'll, <laughs> I'll pat you on the head later. It's Thank fine. you. I read a country living article. <laughs> Ooh. <laughs> I'm sorry. Oh man, I'd offer you Dude, my beer, but you don't drink. I found I found an article that was like the history of Halloween, and it was written by the LAPD, oh, <laughs> and shit. it was hilariously poorly written. I bet I, I read a few <laughs> bad ones this season, but uh, uh, not by the LAPD. Yeah, it was, it was weird. It had to suck. It did. Okay, it did. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> it was like a really bad copy and paste job from a Wikipedia. Article. Oh yeah, yeah. I mean, I like to look at Wikipedia. I'll copy. Yeah, it's stuff, like but... that's like my structure. That's like my bones. But then I like to research some yeah. of the stuff. Oh, yeah. that reminds me. I do say I do have source material. I want to. I want to quote. Give yeah. some credit to. Yeah. Uh, first off, the internet. Oh yeah, just all just of it. The, all of the internet. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. All the various articles. You wouldn't have gotten Holston of Halloween without the internet. <laughs> exactly. Because yeah. I've never heard anybody call Ben Cooper this the one goes out to of, you, internet. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, I did watch a documentary, uh, which I called the uh, Halloween in a Box. It's mm. on YouTube. It's free. It's like an hour and a half long. A lot of great info on there. I will say it's a bit dry. If you have no yeah. interest in vacuum form, probably not going to watch it. I watched the uh, History Channel History of Halloween documentary. Okay. On a really bad like 720p compression on YouTube. It looked like shit. Oh. <laughs> Oddly enough, the one that I watched on YouTube was pretty nice. Yeah. I, I I uh, what what was that thing? I threw it to the TV. Oh, the cast. Uh, yeah, I cast it to the TV, yeah. and I was like, "Yeah, this looks fucking great, man." Uh, I'll look into that. Technology, one. but uh, let's kick it off. 1930s. <laughs> Halco actually had one of the biggest starts, biggest and best starts out of all three companies, and it was because they were already a toy maker. They, you know, making the cap guns and the dolls. They already knew what kids wanted and they what kids make liked. molds. Easy yeah, they could, they were already yeah. set up to make molds, yeah. too. Yeah. So uh, they had looked to the comics to see what kids were interested in. Look to the comics. Mm -hmm. And at that time, in the early 30s, very early 30s, one of the biggest comic characters who debuted in 1929 was an ugly-looking sailor with grossly deformed arms. <laughs> exactly. And a strange addiction <laughs> to vegetables. It was Popeye the Sailor. I love Popeye. Popeye was pretty cool, actually, yeah. Uh, they Popeye actually, was my favorite cartoon as a child. It was fun. I, I loved it. Uh, I, I love the early Popeye ones, like the black and white ones. I love it all, man. But Halco acquired the license. Yeah. One of the, they were actually one of the first companies to get a license to do an actual character, like, like a legit character. They so, did Popeye and Olive Oil. Yeah, Popeye, it. Olive Oil, and Wimpy. Oh, no shit. They did Wimpy. Dude, yeah. I love Wimpy. Yeah. Fuck, I should get a Wimpy tattoo. 
Uh, I mean, <laughs> I love fucking, I love hamburgers, man. Yeah. You know, I love a good hamburger. I don't eat meat anymore, but I'll still that Impossible Burger is good. Wimpy had the right idea. You know, I'll pay you Tuesday. Yeah. For a hamburger today. And then you just duck them 24-7. Exactly. <laughs> just fucking keep your head on a swivel. But then those Jeeps are coming after you. They were creepy as fuck. Yeah. Halco started it off. They, I think they were one of the first ones to actually get a license to make legit characters. Yeah, I read that. Um, Collegeville followed very shortly after with the license to produce costumes for one of the biggest Western characters of all time. Fictional Western character of all time. Mm. Lone Ranger. Oh. Lone Ranger and Tonto. Gotcha. Yeah. I was like, John Wayne is technically a made-up name. Yeah. <laughs> also, Marion. You fuck, your name's Marion. Also, <laughs> horrible fucking person. Yeah. John Wayne was a piece of yeah, shit. Yeah, that's why I refer to him by his lady name, Marion. Yeah. Uh, I read his Playboy interview where yeah. he is just racist as fuck. It is uh, awful. Yeah, I... Uh, fuck John Wayne, man. Um, I watched an interview with uh, Marlon Brando on the Dick Cavett show. Uh, Talking shit about John Wayne. Oh, just really? Openly, like, Good. Yeah, he was like, "Yeah, that guy sucks." Yeah, it was that. I think it was that year when when Brando uh, didn't accept his Oscar. And oh, had oh, Sasheen Littlefeather. Yeah, 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 yeah. That was a fun. John Wayne wanted to beat her up. Yeah, he wanted to beat up a woman. Well, that tracks. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> as soon as it came out of my mouth, I was like, "That's really not that." Yeah, no, yeah. <laughs> no, yeah, no. That's why you hung out with Sean Connery all the time. Yeah, no, nah, I don't actually know if they did. Yeah. But. Um, but we've talked about a little bit about uh, obtaining licenses, Collegeville and Halco, but... I mean, I, you and I personally have also talked about obtaining licenses. It sucks and it's expensive. Yeah, that's why I'm always getting uh, sent a cease and desist. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> but it should be said that all three companies, Vancouver, Collegeville, Halco, were also producing generic characters like devils, ghosts, pirates, skulls, vampires, Indians, and cowboys. You turn into pirate there. It's because it's fun. Okay. You know? <laughs> and then, right. yeah, the nice thing about a generic character is you don't have to pay a licensing fee. That's right. So you could make them and sell them as cheaply as possible. So there was a multitude of pirates, ghosts, devils, and, you know. Yeah. yeah. It was yeah. fun. But I got to say, I got to say it. <laughs> I wrote IMO. That's right. In my opinion. Oh. Oh, yes. I don't know. Yes. In your, yes. I try. Yeah, you're good. Okay, but I gotta say, in my opinion, 1937 was the year it all changed for licensing. Ben Cooper, at that time, had merged with another company by the name of A.S. Fischbach. What? I don't actually know what they... <laughs> yeah. I don't know what they did. It was... ASV Spark? <laughs> What'd you say? <laughs> the fuck did you say to me, kid? <laughs> uh, A.S. Fischbach? Oh! Yeah. <laughs> Fischbach. Okay. It's literally A.S. Fischbach. Yeah. But that's basically a German word. Yeah, so I just say oh, A.S. Fischbach. Yeah. You know? Yeah. But uh, Ben Cooper merged, or they they may have bought out Fischbach. A lot of, a lot of Germans in Pennsylvania. There's Germans man. everywhere, you know. We like to hide for some reason. Wow. <laughs> Mostly in Brazil. I know. I Argentina. <laughs> In the Tierra de Fuego, land of fire. <laughs> but in doing so, in acquiring A.S. Fishbach, they also ended up acquiring the license for a little-known character called Snow White. Hi-ho! From a little-known company called Walt Disney. Hi-ho! Were you thinking something else? I was going to say something stupid, but I couldn't think of anything. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, Snow White was... Although I did think you were going to say Superman. <laughs> Superman? Okay, no. that comes later, actually. But Snow White was a huge deal, because 
uh, Popeye was, you know, a comic strip yes. and some cartoons. Snow White was... Serials. Serials, yes. Snow White was a major motion picture. First ever. Cultural phenomenon. Yeah. Pop culture, I guess. Like yeah. one of the first yeah. pop culture characters. I mean, it, it was it was a big deal. It is insane when you look at the, the production, like, date of Snow White. Sure. And then you watch the movie and you're like, this looks like it could have been made yesterday. Oh, yeah. The like, it's like, insane. Yeah. Yeah. It was, Snow White was essentially at that time the, the highest pinnacle of pop culture. It was the Avengers Endgame of yes. this day. <laughs> sure. Yeah, sure. You're just going to keep throwing out Marvel reference. I just like to like take my pot shots when I can. Yeah, do it. You know? Yeah. I, I'm i done with it. I'm tired of fucking Marvel. Yeah, point. exactly. That's why it's fun to make fun of these idiots. Like the only ones I like, uh, I saw Werewolf by Night, which was good. Yeah, because it was not like a. It was it was fun. I like Man Thing. Man Thing was awesome. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so yeah, it was huge. Snow White was a huge deal um, in the late '30s for 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 Ben Cooper. Yeah. It was it was the beginning of essentially what's kind of like the bidding wars for licensing. Um, so and from there we're going to go into the '40s. Guess what? I'm skipping the 40s. You know why? World War II. A little thing called World War II. World War II, everybody. This time it's personal. The sequel. Yeah. Um, World War II, the squeakquel. Yeah. I mean, I, I should say, Halloween still took place during World War II. Yes. The companies were doing fine. It's just there was so much going on with Nazis and yeah. the Japanese yeah. and, and everybody and us deciding to commit a war crime. By dropping bombs on civilians. Yeah. And it's only a war crime if you're on the losing side. So. <laughs> I, yeah, but it's, it's also true. hard to uh, persecute because uh, you yeah. killed all the people. Yeah, I know. Yeah. <laughs> so we're skipping the 40s. Yeah. Well, I mean, also there was like, you know, material goods were, were being. There were rations. There were a lot of rations. Yeah. yeah. Um, so we're going right into the 50s. But There's a lot of people dressing up as, like, trash cans around that time. Sure, yeah. <laughs> Just little, yeah. little hobos and trash cans. A lot of hobos. Yeah. A little hobo stick. Yeah, a bindle. A bindle, yeah. It actually has a name. Yeah. Yep. Uh, so we're going to the 1950s. And so in the 1950s, Halloween and Halloween costumes really started ramping up after the war. So remember, because of the Great Depression, people stopped going to theaters because life was pretty fucking miserable and everyone was broke. And yet, all these great horror movies were coming out in the sure. 30s. Well, you know, what, what's the thing? You, you make the best work with the most constraints? Yeah, and I mean, or, also, you know, like Star Wars is great, the first Star Wars, because George Lucas didn't have access to do anything he wanted to do. So he just had to make do on the fly. Jaws wouldn't be as good if the shark worked. That's true. Yeah. yeah. Bruce? Yeah. Bruce. Yeah. I mean, I don't know. I think there was a lot of escapism sure. happening at those both those decades, 30s and 40s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, depression and the yeah and the war. But yeah. the thing about America after World War II was things actually got pretty good as long as you had a full time job and because the minimum wage kept. I mean, it wasn't up with, good for the women. No, it was not good for the women. <laughs> Just the general, um, I guess the the general quality of life. Hey, we want our jobs back. Yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah. I guess I'm I'm just referring to uh, not starving to death. Oh, uh, yeah, like like yeah, now, yeah, yeah. like now, yes, yeah. like the big fan of that. The pizza inflation wars are just. <laughs> 
going through the fucking roof. Yeah. I, I can't stand it. I can't even afford a Jack's Pizza anymore. It's a silent battle that's going on right now, and we're trying to bring light to it. I know. Yeah. You know what? There'll probably be a little mini episode about the pizza inflation wars that we're currently in. I think we're just going to pepper it in with updates on the pizza yeah. wars. Speaking of the pizza inflation wars, Katrina went to the grocery store the other day. This just in, on the pizza wars. Down on the front lines. And she knows what I like to eat. Yes. She came back, and she said, I didn't get you any pizza. Mm-hmm. And I, I knew why. And she was like, they were too expensive. Even yeah. the Jacks was too expensive. And at Meyer, they didn't have any Romas. You, I can only get Roma at Menards for two forty nine. Yeah. Fuck. I'm not going to pay $4 for a Jacks. That's bullshit. It's on fucking cardboard. This is true. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> but essentially, in the 50s, as long as you had a full-time job, your wages kept up with inflation, you were able to make a living and able to buy things. So in the 50s, television started to become an accessible item in many homes. And nearly everyone having a TV meant everyone had access to pop culture characters. Whereas in the past, you had to go to the theater for entertainment. Now you can just watch whatever in the luxury of your own home. You have to be a fucking nerdlinger and read books and shit, too. Right, yes. <laughs> and comics were, like, you yeah. know, really ramping up at this Big point, Big in the too. war. Yeah. Comics, yeah. TV shows around this time were The Adventures of Superman, starring George Reeves. Uh, R.I.P. R.I.P., buddy. <laughs> Zorro and Davy Crockett. Those were all huge. They were the rage. Disney. Yeah. And, yeah, Davy Crockett and Zorro, those were Disney shows. And unlike today, where you have to pay a monthly fee to watch anything, because fucking everything is a streaming service nowadays. Yeah. You want to watch something on Disney, you got to pay a monthly fee. That was not the case back then. Yeah. As long as you had a TV and you have, were able to get the signal, right. you could watch whatever you want for free. My brain is just doing the, the good fellas. Fuck you, pay me. Fuck you, pay me. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And the, like I mentioned Disney, like Disney's a streaming service. You had to pay to watch. That wasn't the case back then. Disney had shows on just regular TV every week that you can watch. Yeah. Davy Crockett's Zorro. ABC, right? I can't remember, but yeah. they, I think it was like on Sundays they yeah. had the Disney shows. And so kids would watch these Disney shows. They would watch Superman and they would want to be these characters. And uh, this this is not a word I wrote it, but funnily, funnily enough. Yeah, sure. That's yeah, fine. Fucking people say irregardless now. Well. It, it's in the dictionary now too, by the way. That's disgusting. It is disgusting. <laughs> Talk about disgusting shit, boys. Yeah. <laughs> but, uh. Funnily enough, Ben Cooper actually acquired the license for all three of those characters. Yeah. Superman, Zorro, and Davy Crockett. Um, the Superman costume, by the way, did not have a vacuum for mask. Oh, really? No. At the time, it was just uh, a two-piece jumpsuit made of fabric, but... Oh. It, Unlike the vacuum form uh, costumes that had the picture of, of the character, yeah. this was actually made to look like Superman's costume. Ah. So it was like comic accurate for a little kid. Yeah. Cape? It, it had a cape. Cool. Had a little cape. But I will say this, uh, that caused some problems. There was one documented case of a kid who decided to jump out of a window and died. Oh. Because, you know, Superman can fly. Right. So I'm, I'm wearing my Superman costume. So well, surely. Uh, yeah. So this was before people were suing everybody for the smallest infraction. <laughs> right. Right. So Ben Cooper actually had a little tagline that they started printing on the Superman costume right on the front. It said like, will not make you fly. <laughs> Basically. <yeah. laughs> it, it, it said, quote, remember kids, this costume won't make you fly. Only Superman can fly. End quote. 
Wow. Gotta save your ass, you know? Yeah. Um, also, in the 1950s, this one I thought was pretty cool. It's a very minor thing, but it's considering what how huge this is nowadays. In the 1950s, Halco introduced a generic character that was the first of its kind for a costume. It was the first zombie costume ever. Oh. It was Halco. What year? In, in the 50s. I don't know the exact year. I'm not saying zombies didn't exist, but the first actual... Yeah, but not really. Merchandise costume. Because, like, you know, Night of Living Dead was 68. Yeah, that was 68. Uh, but I'm talking about, like, a costume for kids. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. So that was in the 50s for Halco. Yeah. Um, but here's the thing, though. It wasn't really a zombie costume. It was just a Frankenstein costume that they resold and called a zombie. Okay. Uh, the mask, though, was retooled a little bit different. Yeah. I saw a picture of the mask also made of fabric, vacuum form fabric. Okay. Uh, it kind of looked like a one of the Misfits because it had uh, like the band the Misfits because yeah. it had a Devil's Lock. Oh, cool! Yeah, straight up Devil's Lock. Yeah. Um. So yeah, it was the first instance of an actual zombie costume huh. ever. Uh, I, I again I don't know the exact date, but it, yeah. it was in the fifties. I mean, it's interesting that it predates Night of Living Dead. Sure. Yeah. Well, I mean, it, I I mean, the, yeah, you had like I walk with the zombie. I walk with white, the zombie, zombie. The, the Haitian zombies. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So I don't. And again, it's a it's a retooling of a Frankenstein costume. So I have no idea if it was meant to be a Haitian zombie, right? Because they were just making it as cheap as fucking right, possible. Right. Yeah. But uh, Halloween in the fifties though became so popular that parents started to show concern for the safety of their children. Not that they weren't concerned before. But there are certain reasons and factors as to why it became more relevant than right. before. And it's not because of the idea of poisoned candy or fucking razor blades and apples, because that's just a bunch of bullshit. Yeah. Uh, it was because of automobiles. Oh. At the time, just like the TV, every working class home could now afford a car. And more cars were on the road than ever before. And during Halloween, when all the kids are running around at night, wearing their little jumpers with the plastic mask on their face that had two little eye holes... Yeah. Parents were a little bit concerned that little Timmy might end up might end up under the wheels of a three thousand pound death machine. Yeah, right. Yeah. yeah. So, to help address that fear regarding safety, some changes were made. Uh, eye holes were made a little bit larger. Costumes were now flame retardant, so kids wouldn't burn to death. The fuck you, just call me. <laughs> <laughs> you heard me. <laughs> And uh, two notable changes that I think are pretty cool. Ben Cooper started making costumes under the name Glitter Glow Costumes. Mm. Glitter Glow. G-L-O. Because, you know, you got to be snazzy with how you spell it. Yeah, straight up. (laughs) Can I I get a yup no? (laughs) Yup no. Basically, these costumes. Hold on. Yeah. I want you to know that the other day I went to Mr. Hazard's house and he yelled yub nub at me. Stop it. <laughs> Are you kidding me? I kid you not. Okay. <laughs> it's catching on. Damn it. I'm excited. I'm just... Fuck, I gotta stop and take a swig of beer. <laughs> oh, man. Can I get a yub nub? I got a yub nub. You've gotten yub nub. Oh, man. Yeah. Mm. My life feels complete in a weird way. I feel like we should make stickers that say, can I get a yub nub? Oh, man. Uh, yes, let's do it. You know TM, what? TM, 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 TM. <laughs> That's us. We yeah. get that. <laughs> um, years ago, I had done a design of Chief Chirpa. Yes. To do as a stencil piece with the words, all hail to the chief. Ah. You know? Ah, ha, ha. And, but now I could just reuse that for, can I get a yup? No! Chief Chirpa sounds like the, the member of the Ghoul Brigade that never really popped off. Yeah. <laughs> I Honestly, I still... DJ Logre is my favorite, man. Yeah, yeah. I, fucking DJ Logre, the medicine man. 
<laughs> but the, the glitter go the glitter glow costumes. Yeah, reflective. Uh, I yeah, they were reflective. Basically, costumes that were coated with glitter, so and bright material, so it reflect in the headlights of a car when Timmy runs out into the street. <laughs> fucking Timmy, man. Timmy, little Timmy. Uh, Halco did something that I think is absolutely fucking kick ass. I love this. I've only seen a photo of the advertisement. I actually haven't seen a picture of one of the actual masks, so I don't know if there are any in existence. Mm. Uh, Halco introduced a series in the 50s called The Eerie Electric Eye. That's pretty cool. Yeah, they were costumes that featured flashing lights on the masks that you could turn on and off. Oh, wow. Yeah. So like some purge shit. Ah, one of the one of the <laughs> yeah one of these costumes was called the Man from Mars, and it was like a weird Martian face. Yeah, and and the lights were located where the antenna would be, right above the eyes. Yeah. So yeah, you can turn these lights on and off whenever you want, but it was ideally a safety feature so you can see some blinking lights. Yeah, in this. Yeah, yeah. yeah. So I'm like, damn, and the the advertisement. Yeah. For it was really cool. It was like I I say it's vintage looking because it. Was fucking right, vintage right. looking from the fifties, so and they probably ran on like uranium or something. Yeah, oh, yeah. <laughs> I'm I'm assuming that any kid who was wearing that died like the radium girls. Yeah, who were painting the watches. Yeah, probably. <laughs> R.I.P. to the radium girls. <laughs> um, That's our new band name. Yeah, that could be your backing band for your country band. Ra- I got a backing band. Oh, are they called uh, the Radium Girls? They're not called the Radium Girls. Fuck that. No. Awesome. I, I, it's still possible though, because a lot of country bands had like female backup singers. Yeah, they, those, okay, they could be the Radium Girls. It's on mic. Yeah, it's done. <laughs> yeah, because my country band is called Saint James and the Fallen. So oh. my, my backup band is called the Fallen with the radium. with the Radium Girls. Fuck, that's great. Done. Yeah, that's mine. Anybody steals that, I will, I will fucking hunt you down. This is the this is the modern day equivalent of having an ID and mailing it to. True. You. Yeah, that's how you do it. Okay. <laughs> yes. Yeah. <laughs> All right, now we are moving on to the 1960s. Anytime at all. This is where things get really fucking crazy. Anytime at all. (laughs) (laughs) By the 1960s, Ben Cooper was the juggernaut of the big three. You had mentioned you had mentioned the percentage. Yeah, it was around this it's time. Eighty like percent. Yeah, they started out 70s, 75, then it was jumping up to eighty percent of the Halloween costume market. That is a huge chunk out of three companies. Yeah. Uh, by the nineteen sixties, uh, they had acquired the rights to make some costumes of very famous people. One of the biggest bands of all times. They got the rights to, and that is. The Beatles, yeah. which I don't have you seen pictures of these costumes? Yes, they're yes. actually really cool. I was looking them up because the jumpsuits were a little bit different. The little the little jumpers. I think I've just seen the mask. Okay, yeah. so the jumpers did not have a giant picture of the Beatles on the chest. Right. The jumpers were made to look like their suits that they wore. Their black and white suits. Their suits. Yeah. And and the masks were actually pretty good sculpts of the yeah. faces. You can tell who's supposed to be George, Paul, John, and Ringu. And uh, the other cool thing is the hair and the eyebrows were flocked. Oh. So it had a texture that looked like real hair. Gross. And it, yeah. <laughs> I, I looked up old photos of kids wearing these. Yeah. And it's like, you know, like the little mini kiss band of like the little yes. piece. Yeah. It, it was like, fuck, it's like little beetles. <laughs> little beetles. Little beetles. Yeah. Wow. I mean, it was, it was, it was creepy, but pretty cool. But it's like almost animated style, right? No. They it, didn't go. They didn't go goofy animated like okay. the Beatles cartoon that came yeah, out. Yeah. It was meant to be sculpted like their actual faces. Gross. Um, <laughs> you know, but I, I assume if you're a kid in the 60s and you love the Beatles. like you I mean, were, who didn't? You were living the dream. Yeah. 
you are living the dream. Uh, I looked up how much a vacuum form set of Paul costs because you know these costumes yeah. they cost. Yeah. I, I used to collect them for yeah. a, a brief period, but I thought you were going to be like I thought you were just going to tell me the stats on Ringo. And Ringo? Ringo no, no. <laughs> I, I looked up. I looked up Paul. Okay. So if you can find a Paul set in the box, it's like three hundred ninety-five dollars. That's actually less than I would assume. It's kind of yeah. It's kind of affordable. I guess it depends on the the, the uh, condition and the quality. Right. But uh, this is uh, I, I told you before we're going to do this episode, there were some things that I discovered because I knew most of this. Some stuff blew my mind. Yeah. This is what blew my mind. This is what I'm going to talk about next. You ready? We're in the 60s. Do it. Yeah. We're doing the 60s. Yeah. August of 1962, a new comic book character debuted on the, not the screen, but on the pages to very little fanfare and was mostly ignored by the public at that time. Hmm. And Ben Cooper snatched up the rights to make this costume based on this character you're a comic book guy, more so than I am. Can you guess who it is? August 1962, debuted. Nobody cared about it when it came Where? out at first. Ah, oh, I'm drawing a blank here. My my first initial guess was like Dick Tracy, but that's... No. Yeah, that's, yeah, that's a little earlier. Yeah. Give no. up. Yeah, what is it? Spider-Man. Oh, yeah, of course. Yeah, Spider-Man. Yeah. Ben Cooper snatched up the rights to make uh, official Spider-Man costumes, which, by the way, was kind of a historic event. This was the first merchandising deal that Marvel ever made. Oh. Ever. So I'm kind of curious how much the rights cost, because, again, at nothing, because at, at the time, Spider-Man wasn't popular yet. Yeah. A few years later, he, he would end up being far more popular. Uh, but this is where it gets weird. For the Halloween of 1963, you could be Spider-Man. And in the following year of 1964, Cooper acquired the rights to make official Batman masks, which also ended up being huge because Batman 66 came out with Adam West. Didn't they have the bat symbol on the forehead? Yeah. Yeah, They sucked. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. However, here's where it gets weird. In my research, turns out in 1954, eight years before Marvel's Spider-Man debuted in 1962... Ben Cooper already had and was selling a costume I knew about this. of a generic character called Spider-Man. Yeah. Although the costume was yellow and black, the jumpsuit was adorned with a crisscross pattern of spider webs with a large black spider on the chest. Yeah. The mask had a spider web pattern that spread out and emanated from the middle of from the nose yeah. and wrapped around the face. Yeah. The eye holes were not cut out in the standard round shape like all the other vacuum form masks. These eye holes were cut out in a very familiar teardrop shape. Yeah. That would later appear eight years later. Yeah. I think I think that there was a lawsuit and that was part of Ben Cooper getting the rights mm. to the costume. Because, yeah, why would Ben Cooper spend money on a costume that nobody cares about at, at that yeah. time? Cause I think he and- got it for free. Basically. So. As like um, a settlement, basically. Yeah. Like, yeah, just shut up and take this. And... I, I looked up, because now I, I will say this. There are different variations of the Ben Cooper Spider-Man costume, because it changed over time. Yeah. But in the, the, I think the very first Spider-Man costume that Ben Cooper made in, in 54, there's a black and white illustration of it. I looked it up. And that's like, oh, fuck. Yeah. It, it is literally spider webs over the body, yeah. black spider on the chest, on the I mask. I remember reading about this like a decade it's ago. It's nuts. Yeah. And even the eye holes were the Spider-Man eye holes that Marvel used. Yeah. And I'm just like, there's like coincidences. It's, there's a little too much to be coincidence. Yeah. Yeah. So here's where it gets weird. Uh, so who made 
Spider-Man. I I mean, Jack Kirby, but Steve Ditko was involved in it too, right? He was the, yeah, he's the first. Steve, okay, so a collector by the name of John Simino sent Steve Ditko a letter asking if the original Ben Cooper costume of 54 had any bearing or influence in the creation of Marvel's Spider-Man that debuted in 62. Steve Ditko wrote him back a handwritten letter, handwritten in pencil, oh, yeah. very sloppily, and it said, quote, the burden of proof is on the person who makes the assertion, claim, charge, end quote. I think it was more like Brooklyn. Yeah, I know. But <laughs> I, I, I like to do the Matt Berry. Yeah. The Matt Berry-esque. I want to make it sound professional because Ditko essentially neither confirmed nor denied. Yeah. He just didn't answer the question. All he had to do was say no. But he, yeah. So it's, I, I don't know, man. Like, I, I know I'm a guy. I believe in Loch Ness. I believe in Bigfoot. Yes. Most of the shit I believe in, you're like, it's fucking owls, dude. But I don't yeah. I don't think this is owls. I, I think they ripped off Ben Cooper. What if a bunch of owls got together? That's possible. <laughs> what if Steve get, did cope? It's just 12 owls, <laughs> owls <laughs> in a duster. Shady as fuck. <laughs> yes. Oh, my God. The um, Great Owl Conspiracy. The Great Owl Conspiracy. I mean, also, this is something Marvel will, will never admit to, because if they admit that they stole No, but I mean yeah. also, like, X-Men was a ripoff of Doom right. Patrol. Yeah. They constantly ripped off everything. But they can't admit to it, especially at this point, considering how big Spider-Man is, because then they would right. owe Ben Cooper yeah. fucking millions yeah. upon millions. So, I didn't know about that, and I yeah. thought, wow, that's that's I nuts. totally forgot about yeah, all that, but little... yeah, I'd, I'd read that somewhere. Also in the 60s, uh, not every license obtained is a winner. <laughs> Uh, some costumes are that they would get are based on real people. And like I mentioned, Ben Cooper had got costumes for the Beatles, real people. They also acquired the rights to make costumes of President John F. Kennedy and Jackie Kennedy, his lovely wife. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> so those costumes came out in October, and then Kennedy got assassinated in November. Yes. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Yeah. So that was pretty awkward. Yeah, but I bet those are worth something now. Oh, they though. are. I didn't look up the value, and here's why they're worth something. And I got to give Ben Cooper credit for this. Ben Cooper's son, Bob Cooper, in an interview stated that he was getting lunch when, because everybody remembers when yeah. Kennedy was killed. Yeah. He was getting lunch, got the news, Kennedy had just got shot. An hour later, Kennedy is dead. And so he immediately called the warehouse and said, destroy all, all the remaining yeah. Kennedy and yeah, Jackie yeah. costumes, destroy them. Because it's not right to sell them. Yeah. How do you explain to kids, this guy got his brains blown out on live TV. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, his wife. Yeah, even Jackie, they destroyed the Jackie costumes. They pulled all of them from the stores. Any remaining stock that was in stores, send them back. So they destroyed all of them. But I'm going to need you to put in production some Gerald Ford. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> With stair-tripping action. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so, yeah. That was the 60s. It was a fun time, except for the assassination of Kennedy and the Vietnam War and many other things. The rampant racism. But costume-wise... assassinations, yeah, too. Don't there, yeah, there was. Yeah, there was yeah. Martin Luther King. But yeah. Other than Bobby that, Kennedy. the costumes were cool. <laughs> right? Yeah. Uh, so we're going to jump to the 1970s. Yeah. And this gets even more crazy because at, at this point, everybody's got a TV. All the kids are watching Saturday morning cartoons. Bowls of milk and cereal are everywhere. The big three are buying up and obtaining licenses to make costumes and masks based on everything. Cartoons, comics, movies, real people. Uh, Saturday morning cartoons are everywhere. Yeah. It is just fucking pop culture. Like, just taking off, man. Yeah. Like, I don't think people can understand how awesome Saturday morning cartoons were. I and mean, that was like an event. I mean, I, I feel like they were even awesome, like, 
in into the nineties. Yeah, and you were they, in the tail. And then they died a yeah, tragic death. They did. Yeah, in the two thousands. And you were in the tail end of it. Yeah, and I was. I saw you know the late seventies and eighties Saturday morning yeah. cartoons. But so. I also lived with the with the birth of like. 24-hour cartoons like Cartoon Network and Nickelodeon, yeah, though. Yeah. So, so, so for me, Saturday morning was a way big deal because if you yeah. miss it, you miss it. Yeah. We didn't have a VCR; you couldn't record it. So. I didn't have cable either, so it was like I you get up early, you had to watch it. Yeah, yeah. So this was an awesome time in the seventies. Uh, you could literally be anything, and I say anything <laughs> because this one I think is kind of funny. Collegeville ended up deciding to buy the rights to the. Biggest film of 1975. I like to see if you can guess it. Biggest film of 75. Yeah, it was huge. It's not Jaws. Jaws. You're was right. It Jaws. It was Jaws. Okay. Biggest film of 75. So they decided to buy the rights for a killer shark. Oh, uh, I thought it was gonna be like Chief Brody. Nope. And Hooper. Nope. And Quint. Nope. It's just a oh, shark. Oh my god, I would love a Quint mask. Can you imagine? I'd love a Hooper, and you could. Fuck. If I was a child dressed as Quint, my alcoholism would have started early. <laughs> yeah, right? Oh, my God. I'd be reciting his little she shanties and his little speech about the Indianapolis. Uh, I'd be showing scars to all the kids at school. You go in the cage. Cage goes in the water. Shark's in the water. Our shark. Our shark. <laughs> I'll catch him for 3000 <laughs> Yeah. I'll kill him for tin. But yeah, they got the rights to Jaws. And the funny thing is, it's actually a very popular and collectible item because it's such a weird costume, but it actually looks pretty cool. It's like up until recently, there also wasn't that much memorabilia for Jaws. No, no, not really. Up until like Funko well, started making shit. Because also, you know? Jaws wasn't a kid's movie. No, but it was also the first blockbuster. It was a blockbuster, yeah. yeah so it transcended, you know, the cultural lines yeah. of adult and children. Yeah. Um, but the Jaws costume was literally this... The, <laughs> The mask was yeah. of the shark's face. Yeah, I gotta look it up. Yeah, you gotta look it up. <laughs> the mask was of the shark's face, like featured on the poster. So its mouth was open. It's the going, going up. It's the going upward shark <laughs> with its mouth open. So the shark's eyes, the black eyes, the doll's eyes are on the side of the mask. Yeah, so your eyes are looking out the mouth. Exactly. Your the eye holes are in the mouth, God which kind of works because it's dark, so you can't really see the eye holes. Right. And the little jumper featured the artwork of the shark swimming up to eat the woman swimming. Hell yeah. I'm into this. Oh my god, this is brilliant! Yeah. It's a great paint job. It's honestly. not bad. Yeah, it's very colorful. Wow. And yeah, anybody at home, please Google Ben Cooper, or not Ben Cooper, Collegeville Jaws vacuum for mask. It's fun to look at. Yeah, did you see that they just uh, they just used the same mask for their Jaws 2 costume yeah. as well? Yeah. <laughs> Easy way to make money. Yeah. Hey, guess what? Sometimes when I do variants of my stencil work... Look at that box. I use the same stencils. Look at that box. Yeah, I know. It's, the box artwork is awesome. The box artwork is like a little pop uh, pop art kind of seascape thing with the with the, the shark in the in the hole. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's cool. Yeah, that's why I love these things. Yeah. Um, also a little bit weird in the 70s, uh, Ben Cooper also acquired the rights to make a mask and a costume based on an R-rated film that kids were not allowed to see at all. And that movie is Rick Ridley Scotch's <laughs> Alien. Yeah. Ridley Scotch. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so we all know what the alien looks like, the xenomorph from Alien. For more on Alien, listen to our, our Decades of Dread mm-hmm. yeah. uh, 70s episode. It's just a few episodes back. It's great. Uh, and I, I'm curious, do people not realize that the alien's head is a dick? 
Uh, yeah, I mean, I feel like they do. Okay. Yeah. If you didn't know, if you look at the alien's head from the side, get a good picture of it in the light. It's just a penis. Yeah. It's literally a penis. I mean, like, what was that? That was the same year as Star Wars, right? 78? uh, Star Wars was 77. Alien was 78. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. So, so also there was this, I don't know, I don't know what was in these marketers' minds. They had this, well, because like, they, there were toys for Alien that did not make money. Right, there was was a terrifying toy Alien action figure made by Kenner, I think. Yeah, so they, they had the idea of like, we're gonna make a kid's costume. I, I saw how they acquire the rights at that time. Yeah. So what they would do is like Vancouver, Collegeville, whatever, they would go to the studios. To see, hey, what are you guys working on? Yeah. So, and the studio would say, we're working on this movie about aliens. But this was before the movie came out, so they didn't know. It no was gonna, trailer. No trailer. They just had a picture of the alien, so they had no context of anything. They're just like, oh, that looks cool. Because the alien does look cool. Oh, yeah. Yeah. So, they thought, well, kids love monsters. Yeah. Not realizing that, oh, it's going to be an R-rated movie. That it's they fucking terrifying. Yeah. <laughs> so, they, they bought the rights not realizing yeah. What it was going to be. That it's one of the scariest films ever yeah. made. But I will say this. The alien has an elongated dickhead because H.R. Yeah. Gear loved penises and vaginas. Everything was all about penises and vaginas. With yeah, him. I mean, wasn't it like the, 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 the biggest fear is being penetrated by a giant black dick? Wasn't that his whole thing? I don't know. The only thing that I remember H.R. Geiger say, H.R. Geiger saying is, I was born dead. No. <laughs> he didn't say that? Pretty sure so. he said that. I don't think so. Yeah. I think you're um, conflating that with something else. I was born dead. <laughs> he last to eat a black Angus burger. <laughs> But the alien head, it's a dick. It literally is a penis head. They yes. did a good job, as far as I'm concerned, making the vacuum form mask. It's a front view of the alien. And, you know, for a vacuum form simple sculpt, it kind of looks like the alien face. Yeah. 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 I don't know if anybody actually bought it, though. Because, like I said, kids couldn't see the movie back yeah, then. Yeah, I mean, I'm sure somebody did. So. But uh, now we're getting into what made Ben Cooper the Halston of Halloween. Yes. Yes. While Jaws may have been riding the wave of the being the biggest movie of all time, that that all changed in 1977 when 20th Century Fox released a movie that they had zero faith in. Yeah. <laughs> Essentially, it was an independent movie with hardly any studio backing or support. That movie, Star Wars, was a little film called The Conversation. <laughs> <laughs> I thought you were going to say Taxi Driver. No, no, no. I would love a Travis No, Bickle I went even Halloween more weird mask, for yeah. something that kids would watch. You don't think a kid would wear an Iris, the the underage prostitute mask? Maybe. I, okay. I like the idea of kid, like a, just a bunch of children watching Gene Hackman sit in a van for 90 minutes. <laughs> All right. Yeah. I know he can talk jive. <laughs> yeah. But Star Wars took the world by storm when it debuted, and it was a cultural phenomenon. I'm, I'm not going to really go into it, because we all know it fucking ruled the world. Papa Epion, what's a Star War? Oh, my God. <laughs> do not, do not entice me with this. <laughs> Star Wars, yeah, I'm not doing it. I'm yeah. not doing it. I think I think early on in, in this podcast, we made an oath to each other that we would never do a Star Wars right. episode. But here's the problem. Here's the problem that I soon learned is that Star Wars has permeated and influenced everything in some way, shape, or form that it's that you can't fucking avoid it. It's, it's in your genes. It is. <laughs> it's... it's it's awful. Yeah. Although the Andor show, I'm going to bring that up. God damn it. It's great. <laughs> I'm, I'm going to say something. It's better than Obi-Wan. 
Oh, that's yeah. good because I did not like Obi Wan. Yeah. So, and I love Obi Wan, but I'm partial because I like I like Ewan McGregor. Yeah, but. Uh, Going back to Star Wars and Ben Cooper. So what happened was uh, Star Wars took over and Ben Cooper, just so happened, had bought the rights to produce costumes of Star Mm -hmm. Wars characters. But keep in mind, though, this is like I mentioned Alien. Ben Cooper bought the rights to make Star Wars characters before the movie came out, meaning they had no idea that it was going to be a goldmine. Yeah. Matter of fact, space costumes, according to Ben Cooper, were never great sellers during Halloween. Kids wanted to be monsters. They wanted to be comic book characters, cartoon characters. They didn't really buy space stuff for Halloween. Um, so Ben Cooper bought the rights simply under the assertion that kids might like these weird-looking characters. And as far as how much they paid for those rights, remember, this was done before the film came out and took over. Bob Cooper, son of Ben Cooper, said in an interview regarding the price paid for those rights, quote, eh, a little more than 500 <laughs> wow can you imagine the dollar to whatever ratio That's that insane. is yeah. yeah it was at that point that ben cooper became the undisputed king of yeah. all three companies they were the halston of halloween it's crazy and okay i'm gonna go off on the star wars hey, why does vader look stupid <laughs> <laughs> yeah it's Kind of looks like Vader. I think there's like black mesh Vader. that's supposed to go here that that it's some possible. of these are missing. Yeah. yeah, the I think I think the best the best one is nine cents. Yeah, that's the, crazy. The best Star Wars vacuum form mask is C three PO. Yes, if you look that one up because yeah. it, it looks metallic. Yeah, it's metallic, yeah. metallic gold. But I'm gonna go off on a little rant here, Brian. Please do. I'm a little pissed off about Star Wars costumes and Ben Cooper. Yeah. Okay, because they made costumes for a lot of characters. <laughs> they made costumes for Darth Vader, Princess yeah. Leia, Stormtroopers, Yoda. Luke Skywalker, Chewbacca, R2-D2, C-3PO, Boba Fett, Admiral Akbar, Wicked the Ewok, and remember, Klaatu. Fucking Klaatu. Yeah. Who did not they make? Did you say Han? They did not make Han Solo. <laughs> they did not make a Han Solo costume. Did they make a Jawa? I think they did make a Jawa. Not a Han Solo costume. Yeah, but you don't... That's just a dude, right? It is just a dude, but they made a mask of John <laughs> F. fucking Kennedy. Allegedly. Well, they, they did. It just had to pull it. You know, they made a mask for Alien, a so movie saying kids they, couldn't see. They could have used the molds for JFK, painted the hair a little bit darker. That's Han Solo, That's baby. Han Solo. <laughs> yeah. Uh, here's the thing, though. They did make a uh, vacuum form mask and a little vinyl jumpsuit for Indiana Jones. Oh. Raiders of the Lost Ark yeah. in 81. Yeah. Did he have a hat, though? Had a hat. Yeah. yeah. Had a hat molded onto the mask with, with some stubble. I love yeah. it. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> but uh sadly as we get a little sad in 1977 year star wars came out your ben cooper fucking took over the market for good after 40 years of providing many memorable costumes to kids it became clear that halco simply couldn't keep up in obtaining all the license rights that ben cooper and collegeville were snatching up yeah. and although they called it quits on their halloween costume division they still exist to this day Oh. They do. They're still around, still making costumes, but not for kids. They make adult Santa Claus costumes. Weird. For all the mall Santas. Weird. You know? It's a it's a market. It is. Yeah. 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 So and someone has to fill it. Yep. Yeah. And that's them. Huh. That's information you didn't know. I, I didn't know, no. <laughs> uh, I, I thought Halco was done for good. Yeah. I actually had a Halco mask mm. for a long time and it was like a generic scary gorilla. Oh, yeah, I saw a picture of that. Yeah, and I had done a painting of it. Uh, when yeah. I, yeah, and actually one of my first art awards ever was based on a stenciled painting of a gorilla mask oh. that Halco made. Yeah, that was a lot of your 
earlier stencil yep. designs were vacuum masks. Yeah, I was buying up vacuum form masks off eBay. I had Halco masks. I had a Ming the Merciless mask. Nice. I, I had Egon from the real Ghostbusters. Oh, yeah, yeah. With, the, with the big red the glasses, glasses and the yeah. white hair. I also had a, a generic gypsy woman. You know, they were also, these masks were also kind of... Not racially sensitive, because I also had an Eskimo mask that sure. I thought looked cool. Um, I have your Batman one. Oh, yeah, Batman. Yeah. Uh, oh, this one was fun. I had a mask. I don't know who made it. I tried finding it. Do you remember the movie The Last Starfighter? Yeah, Nick Castle. Directed. Nick Castle directed, yeah, yeah, Halloween, The Shape. Right over there. Yeah, he's on TV right now. <laughs> We're watching Halloween, the original. Oh, gee! Yeah. I had a mask for uh, Grig, Grig, the reptile, the reptile guy. Mm-hmm. But here's the thing. I don't think it was an officially licensed mask. Because here's one thing I didn't bring up. Even if you didn't obtain the rights to make a specific character, you could still make that character. (laughs) As long as you didn't call it what it was. Ah. You know? So, like, for example, Collegeville at one time had the rights to make the Universal Monsters. Right. That didn't mean Halco couldn't make Frankenstein. Well, that's also a literary. Yeah, it's literary. Yeah. But you could not make the Boris Karloff version. Right. You still make Frankenstein, yeah. but you couldn't call it the universal Boris Karloff version. And that's why we can look forward to your painting of the sexy butcher boy coming sexy up. Sexy butcher boy! <laughs> wow, wow! Yeah. That's the sound he's going to make. That was a cat. I know, I, I can't <laughs> can't do a chainsaw. I'm like, ring, 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 Cocaine. Oh. Ronald Reagan. So much cocaine. Iran Contra. Yeah. <laughs> it's crazy. And it's just... It just AIDS. It just, AIDS. <laughs> yeah. It just keeps ramp, ramping up from the from the 50s, 60s, 70s, and 80s. It's just like, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the 1980s continuation of the 70s. More Star Wars. Oh, my God. So much Star Wars. <laughs> At Halloween, kids were trick-or-treating all night into the wee hours of the dark, just sweating away in their little vinyl jumpsuits, sweating God. condensation, just pouring out of their little vacuform mask. I and, wish I was born just a little bit earlier. Yeah. Yeah. And you know what? I, I didn't mention that. If you wore a vacuum form mask and wore that little vinyl jumper. Oh yeah, dude. It it was like a sauna. Yeah, you're like you're like uh you're like Bradley Cooper in Silver Linings playbook running around with a trash bag over you. Uh, <laughs> Just sweating it out. But nobody cared. It was nah, fun. No. Nah. Yeah. And that's that's it was literally like that, yeah. And just we just fuck run around all night, you know. That one didn't work because you haven't seen Silver Linings Playbook. But that was a really good reference. By the way. <laughs> I'll have to watch it. You don't. I need to. I, I assume no. when you throw out a no, reference no, no. that I don't understand, you're no, no, no. you're like right on the money though. David O. Russell's a piece of shit. You don't got to worry about okay, that. Sorry, don't watch yeah. it. <laughs> and uh, like you know, we talk about Halloween and how people celebrate it, but you know, like in the movies. When they show like Halloween kids all over the neighborhood E.T. at nighttime, yeah, yeah, it was like that. Yeah, that was not an exaggeration. We had, yeah, I, I had some moments like that. Yeah, yeah, especially for me, late seventies, early eighties. Oh my god! Uh, yeah. Just to give you an example, my mom in the eighties. Uh, I lived out in the country, so she would drive me into Wheatfield. That was our closest town. She would drop me off at my aunt's house, where I would get dressed up with my cousins, put our little costumes on. Their mother wouldn't go out. They, yeah. they just let us oh, loose. Yeah. Yeah. We just, and it was nighttime. It was dark. Yeah. There were no trick-or-treating times. We would just go. You just go until... Until uh, we got tired. Or until like all the, the lights the were front, off. front yeah. lights are off. Yeah. yeah. And yeah, no supervision. Kids everywhere. No. Just fuck. It was great. Yeah. It was awesome. Good time for all. But in late September, 
1982, tragedy struck. Everything regarding Halloween as we knew it changed forever. As far as we know, the children's Tylenol, the chewable, have not been implicated yet. Exactly what is going on right now, they're just assuming that it could be the cyanide lace capsule also. The phone has been ringing off the hook at Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's Medical Center in Chicago. It's the regional poison control center for the entire Chicago area. Poison specialist Lane Olaf. Oh, we've been receiving calls uh, about once every 15 seconds. At Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's, we only have three poison lines, and they're lit up constantly ever since yesterday morning. Right now, they're telling people which lots of Tylenol are known to have contaminated capsules and checking to see if callers have displayed any symptoms of cyanide poisoning. If uh, they have that, tell them to go in the emergency room. If they don't have that and they took it yesterday, we just tell them, you're, you're probably going to have no problem with it. Just hold on to the bottles. Don't take any Tylenol extra strength for the time being until you hear otherwise. Most of what's going on here is informational. Officials here say right. if anyone has taken a cyanide-laced Tylenol capsule, well, they, they probably wouldn't it. be able to make it to the they phone to call. They used to I'm Jeff Locke, CNN, at Rush Presbyterian St. Luke's Medical Center in Chicago. In the Chicagoland area, late September of 1982, seven people, ranging in age from 12 to 35 years old, suddenly died of mysterious causes. And when I say die, I mean they died a painful and excruciating death. Those seven people did not know each other, had no ties to each other, no connection other than living in the Chicagoland area. Can we make this into a movie? I'm sure it's actually already been a movie, seriously. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> okay. Yeah. Upon further investigation, it was determined that there was one commonality between all seven. Mm. All seven people had taken an extra strength Tylenol on the day of their death. Oh. Upon further investigation. I think I've read about this. Yeah. yeah. I don't know if you knew about this yeah. event. It's fucked up. I yeah. forgot about it, but now it's like all flooding back. It's right. all coming back to me. It was determined upon further investigation that the Tylenol that they had purchased from their local pharmacies had been tainted with cyanide. And they were capsules. Uh, yeah. Yeah, it wasn't just like pills. It was the capsules of Tylenol tainted with cyanide. Now, for those of you out there who don't necessarily know what cyanide is, just to put this in context, if you ever see a movie and there's a Nazi or a secret agent or a super spy who has to commit suicide real quickly and they bite down on their tooth and they die instantly, that's cyanide. Uh, Jim Jones... I'm sorry, sorry. Reverend Jim Jones was a reverend who had a, a cult following in Guyana. Is that where it was? Yeah, Guyana? Yeah. yeah, yeah. Local boy. Local boy, yeah. It's from, from Indy. From Indy, selling yeah. monkeys. Selling monkeys door to door. Yep. And then he, uh, for a while there, he was actually okay Christian, but then he went to Guyana. Um, he was responsible for the largest, they say mass suicide, but I, I really just call it a mass murder because he basically convinced all these people at gunpoint. At, at gunpoint, yes. <laughs> yeah. To drink cyanide-laced flavor aid. Yeah. Which is where the term don't drink the Kool-Aid came from. Yeah. I mean, they had both, but it was mostly Yeah, flavor. it was mostly flavor. <laughs> yes. Um, and cyanide, what it does, I, I looked this up, how it works. It's nuts. It's it's mind-boggling. Um, cyanide comes in many forms. It comes in liquid, gas, uh, solid. Uh, and there's different versions of cyanide, but essentially what it does is it stops the flow of oxygen from your blood to everything in your body. Yes. So I can't imagine. I guess that's kind of like everything in your body suffocating instantly. I don't know. It also yeah. affects your nerves. Yeah. Uh, it is a very painful way to die. The story of the Tylenol is in the documentary Killer Legends. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah nice. Yeah. 
another interesting thing about cyanide that I did not know is there is an antidote for it. Oh. The problem is it works so fast. Yeah. It's you don't even have time to call it. Unless you have the antidote there with you, you're you're going to die. Yeah. Uh, some people do survive cyanide poisoning, but they have long term effects. And they, the ones that survive only had taken a very small amount. Because remember, in the movies, when you see these people, they just take one pill. Right. And they die within minutes before hitting the floor. Floating at the mouth. Yeah. It's crazy. Essentially, fear, panic, and paranoia not only took over Chicago, but the entire United States. Yeah. A newspaper, TV, radio were pleading with the entire nation, do not take any Tylenol products. And being that cyanide can kill you so quickly, time was of the essence, so local police, fire, and ambulance were driving through suburbs with their loudspeakers telling everybody, uh, you know, do not take any Tylenol. Do yeah. not take Tylenol. Because we didn't have instant access like we do now with the internet. Right. So they were doing everything they could to tell people, if you have any Johnson & Johnson Tylenol products, do not take them. Mm. I also heard Tylenol actually took it seriously, recalled all of their products. Yeah. Uh, so this happened in late September. The deaths occurred. Uh, October 5th, Tylenol recalled everything. So it was like a million dollars worth of product back Jeez. then. Yeah. So that would be adjusted for inflation. God knows how many millions. Seven billion. Yeah. God knows. <laughs> yeah, it was crazy. Yeah. Also, I, I was really thinking about like, here's the thing. They never caught the person either that did this. Right. Person or persons. They theorized that what he did or she or whoever what they did was they went into the store, got a bottle of Tylenol, left, went to the car or went to their home. Emptied out the capsules. Emptied out the capsule, put cyanide in it, put the capsules back together, and then took the bottle back and placed it on the shelves. Yeah. Some of you might be asking, well, how can that be possible with all the with the broken seal? They didn't have that shit. Did not exist in the They didn't have the foil. No. Yeah, none of that shit. Actually, it was a piece of cotton. No, yeah. It was because of these Tylenol murders that we now have oh, yeah. the safety features on all the bottles. I mean, you've got you to think all these weird signs and, 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 and like things you got to hop through. Yeah. Those are there because somebody probably fucking died. Somebody took advantage the of something. The reason it says yeah. coffee is hot is because somebody fucking burnt the yep. shit out of themselves. Yeah. And um, I should say this. More than seven people actually died because what this started was a string of copycat killings yes. yeah. across the United yeah. States. Yeah, because then you have just a, a, a clean yeah. way out. With all that fear and paranoia, parents started asking, you know, how did this happen? Who did it? What else did they poison? What's to stop that person or persons from poisoning the candy on Halloween? I bet it was Brand X. Mm. That's a Batman reference. Yeah. (laughs) Actually, I'll make a Batman reference later. Yeah. I I got it cooked in here. I'm going to bring it up for you. Yeah. For the first time in the history of Halloween... I mean, there's always been people that rallied against we should not celebrate Halloween, blah, blah, blah. But this is the... Fucking Puritans, man. I know. God damn it. (laughs) Yeah. This is the first time in Halloween history that it was now on the chopping block and in danger of being canceled entirely. Yeah. This is the the root of they're they're putting razor blades and they're putting drugs Mm -hmm. in the candy. Mm -hmm. I think like a majority of the time any child dies around Halloween, it's usually some family member that's poisoned. There, There is a case where a kid died from poison candy and it was his own father who killed him yes yeah yeah anytime it's ever happened outside of this tylenol thing yeah it's always been some sort of poisoning and i should say this it's fucking bullshit too also think about how the stupidity is if somebody's poisoning candy they're going to be found discovered because a kids know who gives out the shitty candy yes 
Yeah. Kids remember. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, there's also the, like, I feel like every year it's like, they're putting THC in the Snickers bars. <sighs> God. No, and they're then not. The people I'm are taking the THC. Are, yeah, we're like, that's like $60. Why the fuck would I... <laughs> Why would I waste that on your dumb kids? Exactly. Socialism. Hey, I'm not giving... Yeah, exactly. Yeah. I had mentioned that Halloween was seriously in danger of being canceled. It was canceled. There are many towns across America that just outright canceled it. And they were considering canceling it for good. There's a war on Christmas. Thank you for bringing that up. Everybody always says there's a war on Christmas. There's no war on Christmas. There never is. But there was a war on Halloween. And uh, yeah, it was canceled. Many towns actually canceled it. And they were looking to cancel it just outright, mm. removing it as a holiday. This was not good news for companies <laughs> yeah. like Ben Cooper in Collegeville. Right. Uh, without Halloween, they have no future. And to be fair, they weren't just concerned about their business. They were genuinely concerned about the safety and the welfare of kids during Halloween. Yeah. I should, you know, I'll get into this a little bit later, but they were actually nice companies. They weren't yeah. assholes just looking to make a huge profit. Uh, so Ben Cooper did something straight out of a Batman movie. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Ben Cooper called all of his competitors, all of his rivals of business, mm. and said, we need to have a meeting. And so he invited all of his competitors to his showroom. Yeah. And he said he didn't care that they saw what costumes he was making, what stuff was being secretly made. That was irrelevant. So just like a Batman movie, it was like a meeting of all the crime bosses. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. I kept thinking like like Heath Ledger like walking in and like <laughs> taking some pencil through some fucking guy's right. eye, you know. Yeah, so they had a meeting. Uh, some of the uh, competitors that he called to have come to this meeting were Collegeville, the other vacuum form mask maker, Be Something Studios, Masquerade Novelty, Topstone Studios, oh. and uh, Don Post also. Nice. Yeah, just to name a few. There are a few others. They all met at Ben Cooper's showroom to discuss a plan. To save Halloween. Ah. So what they did was they developed and printed a 33-page booklet called 13 Great Ways to Celebrate Halloween. And the booklet was distributed to stores and pharmacies everywhere. And the best part was it was free. Cool. Anybody who wanted it, you get it. Yeah. Free booklet for the parents and the kids. The book outlined 13 different ways to celebrate Halloween in a safe and supervised manner. Um, it offered suggestions such as Halloween games, recipes, daytime Halloween parades, which is what my elementary school did. Yeah. We, we would get all dressed up and they'd march us through town. All six of the people? No, there was like, <laughs> there was like 12 of us. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. That was the entire school all at yeah, once. Yeah. So, yeah, there was like, I don't know, maybe... 300 kids. Get the fuck out of the road! It was was Wheatfield. (laughs) Everybody was drunk, so they didn't care. So Halloween parades, school-supervised Halloween parties, indoor Halloween parties with prizes for the best costumes. The booklet was distributed everywhere. Five and dime stores, department stores, Kmart, Woolworths, you know, any place that had sold vacuform masks had this book for free. The public... ended up embracing these ideas. And despite the great Tylenol tragedy, that booklet actually saved Halloween. Huh. It's a nice story. Yeah, that's cool. Yeah, they actually saved it. So Halloween was not canceled, but there is a dark side. Oh, there's always a dark side. There's always a dark side. Halloween as we knew it, and more specifically trick-or-treating as we knew it, had changed forever and was going to continue to change. Yeah. Prior to the booklet and prior to the Tylenol tragedy, trick-or-treating was very much like I mentioned in the movies. We were just kids running around all night in the dark, in the streets, trick-or-treating. It was awesome. But 
it was always unsupervised too. Our parents did not go with us. Yeah. They just dropped us off and picked us up later. Mine weren't good parents, so they did that too. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the booklet, 13 Great Ways to Celebrate Halloween, was created to offer children and parents safe alternatives to trick-or-treating. However, if children were dead set on door-to-door trick-or-treating, the booklet suggested that trick-or-treating be done so in a controlled manner by setting specific times for trick-or-treating. So instead of the all-night let your kids loose on the town, the book suggested trick-or-treating be from three to five, four to six, five to seven, and that parents should accompany the kids to every house. So the Halloween that we knew, gone. The Halloween that we have now is a result of this book. That's a bummer. It is a bummer. Was also the um, my parents checking my candy? Was that part of it? Too? I think that came from the Tylenol scare. Okay. Actually, because mine did. My parents oh, your did. parents did. Yeah, no, mine did not check. Yeah, I mean it wasn't the like ripping them open oh, and looking. Okay. She, yeah. would, my mom, would actually like touch all of the like to make sure there's nothing protruding sure. or something. Oh, uh, okay. It's weird. Did you have a time that you went trick or treating? Because like nowadays they have time blocks. Now around here we didn't really have the time block okay. thing. It yeah. was it was still pretty much like. I remember being out to like 11, 12 yeah. o'clock. Okay. Yeah. Because I, yeah, fuck, I can't remember. Um, I've seen it three to five and I'm just like, who the fuck? I would not want to trick or treat yeah, in the three daytime to five. Too? Yeah. Like that's, I've boring. seen four to six. I think in our town it's five to seven. Yeah. In, in Champagne. Yeah. But yeah, so the I'm ha- never in town during Halloween. Yeah. I don't know what it is around yeah. here. Yeah. So it's weird. Like, they they saved Halloween, but the only way they can do so was to change it yeah. into what it is now, which it's not. It's neutered. It's not what it used to be. I hate to sound yeah. like an old man. It's I'm yelling at a cloud. It's not what it <laughs> yes. used to be. Yeah. Simpsons reference from you. Thank wow. you. I'm trying. <laughs> I'm really trying. Wow. And finally, we come to even more unfortunate consequences. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> the unfortunate consequence, the final unfortunate consequence of 13 great ways to celebrate Halloween. Mm. One of the suggestions listed in the booklet as an alternative to trick-or-treating was to have indoor Halloween parties, whether at a school or at a house or a church, but indoor Halloween parties with the prize for the best costume. That idea took off, and more and more parties started popping up every year. Also, you mentioned because of gay pride. Yes. Yeah, Yeah, exactly. However, there was an unfortunate side effect as a result of that fun alternative that is now a standard practice. I'm curious if you can guess what this result is. It's bad, bad prizes. No. <laughs> but there are usually always bad prizes. Yes. Yeah. It's, you're trying so hard and you don't even know what you're going to I like who wants an Applebee's gift yeah. card, you know. Man, I can't eat anything at Applebee's. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. Uh, no, what? Okay, so... If you go to a Halloween party, you know, which I don't, right? I'm just saying. But so you, why would I know yeah. the answer to this? Yeah. But if you go <laughs> to a Halloween party or participate in a Halloween parade, and you're looking to win the best costume at a costume contest, your chances of winning are pretty much zero if you're wearing an off-the-rack, inexpensive yeah. vacuform mask that every other kid is wearing. Uh, the person who invested in a more higher-end costume is or far made more, their own, or made their own. Yeah, is far more likely to win the prize. Yeah. Which so, was a big part of that, like, gay pride kind of thing, was it was people making their own costumes, yeah. more elaborate, yeah. doing those home homebrew parties. Yep. Yeah. So, as a result, sales of vacuform masks for both Ben Cooper and Collegeville started to decline every mm. year. Both companies held out as long as they could, but eventually both folded. Yeah. In 1991, October 30th, Devil's Night. Just flew, I flew in right under the radar, buddy. Yeah. I saw a few of them. Yeah. 
October 30th, 1991, Ben Cooper filed for bankruptcy one last time, and they were done. That's a bummer. Yeah. Because they were also, like, right before the horror boom of the 90s. Yeah. Collegeville lasted a little bit longer, uh, if my memory serves me correct. I believe they declared bankruptcy in 94. Mm. Uh, so it is ironic in such a sad way that the very competing companies who banded together to yeah. save Halloween, in doing so, doomed themselves to bankruptcy. Weird. Yeah. But there are a few other things I'm going to talk about. Basically, we're we're done. Yeah. But there are some things that I want to mention that But this of- is just groundwork yeah I this know, is yeah. only volume one guys yeah, yeah. <laughs> a vacuum for masks i yeah. should say yeah um are you familiar with the company rubies i don't think so they're they're a costume company they're like at i new mean york. i'm sure i've seen a bunch yeah. of their shit they're at new york comic-con they have a booth they make oh, okay. they make costumes of just everything yeah yeah rubies ended up buying the name ben cooper in college oh okay. so those so you mentioned like those those the new Ben yeah. Cooper masks. Yeah, they're made by Rubies ah. under the name Ben Cooper. But they're also using the old logo. They're using the old cool. logo. Yeah. Logo, yeah. So yeah. you can buy an official Ben Cooper T-shirt with the logo. Yeah, made by Rubies. Yeah, you can buy an official Ben Cooper uh, vintage style Batman mask with the logo made by Rubies. Yeah, it's that's fine. You know they they're keeping the traditional. Logo. Yeah, yeah. So that's nice. And there are current vacuum form mask makers. Like, I was thinking about... The uh, indie scene. Yeah, Retro Go-Go. Yeah. They yeah. make gigantic vacuum form masks that you can hang on the wall for fun. For yeah. funsies. Trick or treat. Trick or treat. Yep, Trick or Treat Studios. They make vacuum form masks. And they get the official license to make it. And then there's the indie guys. Like, uh, Little Harvey Novelties. Yeah. Trent is his name. I yeah. met him. He, yeah. I think he lives in Ohio. He makes awesome, awesome vacuum form masks and even makes a corresponding box to hold them that yeah. has like retro design. It's amazing. Yeah, it's good stuff. There's one last thing I wanted to talk about. And it's a good thing. Because, you know, it kind of ends on a down note with the bankruptcy and sure. saving Halloween. Talking about the artwork of the vacuum form. And I mentioned the artwork of Ben Cooper. Like the box artwork, the the mask artwork, the little vinyl schmocks with the, with the, the images on the front. Yeah. A lot of that was made by a guy by the name of Frank Serrano. Like the pepper. <laughs> so uh, Frank Serrano was uh, a guy, he was a World War II vet. I think he was in the Navy. After World War II, he went to art school, graduated, looking for a job, saw an ad in the paper for Ben Cooper advertising for graphic artists. So he just applied, got a call from Ben Cooper saying, Are you interested in the job? And he's like, yes, come in, show me your portfolio. Yeah. So Frank Serrano went in, showed him his portfolio, and Ben Cooper said, your artwork is a little bit different than everybody else's. I like it. So I'm going to give you a little task. Mm. Go home, paint me a devil. But here's the trick. You can only use four colors. Ah, cool. Yeah. So he went home. He said it took him, I think, till about five in the morning to to make a devil that he thought looked cool just using four simple colors. It took it into Ben Cooper the next day. And Ben Cooper was like, this is amazing. Like, this is awesome. Yeah. I want one more test. Go home. Do a clown. Paint a clown. Same thing. Minimal colors. So he went home, did a clown, came back, showed the clown. Ben's like, you're hired. How much do you want to make? And like Frank was like, whoa. Um, yeah. <laughs> What's the going rate? I don't yeah. know. So Frank Serrano, prior to Ben Cooper, had only been making $80 a week. Wow. Again, this was a different time. Like, but still. Yeah. Um, they said, uh, oh, okay. So they hired him at $80 a week. And then what happened was... As Frank was leaving work one day, uh, he was told, uh, Frank, Ben wants to see you in the office. And he, you know, Frank had just started this job. So yeah. he's like, that's never good. Yeah. When the boss yeah. is like, I need you to see me in the office on your way out. Right. So Frank went into the office and Ben Cooper said, you're making $80 a week. How can you do that 
when you have a wife and kids. And Frank was like, well, that's what I was making at my old job. And Ben Cooper said, no, that that's not going to work here. So <laughs> I'm going to give you a raise right now. Yeah. And I'm also going to give you health coverage. Oh. So I just gave him a raise right, right away and health coverage to take care of him and his family. And Frank said that Ben Cooper was the kind of guy who would always ask questions about his employers. Yeah. How's your, how's your, how's your wife? How's your kids? Because yeah. he was genuinely concerned in how everybody was doing. So he was a good guy who loved family. But most of the artwork that you see, Ben Cooper artwork, was done by Frank Serrano. The mask artwork, uh, the smock artwork, oh. the, the box artwork. Yeah. He worked there, I think, from I think, 62, 1962 to 89. Wow. Yeah. So pretty much up until the bankruptcy. Yeah. Pretty damn close. And it. he did a lot of famous characters. He did the Gill Man, yeah. you know, Creature from the Black Lagoon. Uh, one of the most famous, you brought up Darth Vader. He yeah. did the design of the Darth Vader on the smock and everything. And uh, I, I, from what I read, that design was his favorite, the drawing that he did for the smock of yeah. Darth Vader. Because it was all these weird colors, you know, and weird interpretations of characters. Yeah. So, yeah, the look of Ben Cooper that we love is due to Frank Serrano, who, Interesting. who would go to conventions. He was going to Chiller. Oh, really? Yeah. And I, uh, it sucks because I went to Chiller probably when he was there. Yeah. Because he just passed away. And, and, and just, like, didn't know. I didn't know. Shit. I didn't uh, know. And also, I'm always at my booth. I can't right. leave my booth. Yeah. But he passed away in 2021. Yeah. So, lived That's a long bummer. life. And, uh, yeah, like, created artwork that is uh, influencing us. Hmm. Artwork that I love to this very day. Yeah. Would you, I mean, of the two, you know, the over-the-head or the vacuum form, you prefer a vacuum form? I prefer a vacuum form, but that that's because I grew up poor. It's what it's all, all we could afford. And also there's I, a nostalgia for there's it. There's a nostalgia yeah. for it. And also, I lived in the middle of nowhere. We didn't have costume shops. Yeah. I had no access yeah. to any malls and back, no internet. I had no access <laughs> to get a Don Post mask or uh, any money to get a Don Post I mean, mask. I also personally prefer the vacuum form, not because of any nostalgia for it. There's a lot of upkeep with the over-the-head oh, masks. Yeah. They can dry out. They can rot. Yeah. But a vacuum form will stay, you know, forever. And if you get one in a box, you got your display right there, man. Yeah, exactly. Put it on a shelf. You're exactly. good to go. Where is it? It's north. If you're in the Midwest, north of Dayton, Ohio, there's a there's a, a Halloween store called Foy's. Okay. They're open year-round, and they have just walls of Halloween masks. So if you're in the area, I recommend people check that out. Wow. It's amazing. Yeah. Oh, man. Well. It's where I got my last uh, Halloween 3. It's where I got that Creeper mask. Yeah. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. I love it. And that, my friends, is Vacuform Masks. Volume 1. Volume (laughs) 1. The reason I'm saying Volume 1 is, believe it or not, we were actually going to have, for the first time, a guest for the show. Yes. We were going to have a guest, but it's Halloween season, and all of us monster kids that are involved in monster-related artwork, we're busy as fuck, and the scheduling just didn't work out. Well, also, I think once you started doing research, you were like, oh. Yeah, there's so much content regarding vacuum formats. This is a two-hour episode already. Yeah. (laughs) I I didn't want to shoehorn in this guy. Yeah. I want to give this guest a proper uh, podium to talk about his work. So I've decided, because I love... I love masks, monster masks, Halloween. I've decided that this is actually going to be a small series. So I think I'm going to do a halfway to Halloween episode. So halfway to Halloween when you're depressed and lonely because Halloween's over and you're yes. we're only halfway, you know, halfway there, whenever that is. I'm going to do April? another episode. I don't know. I, I can't do math. Yeah. Um, yeah. I know it's six months from now. 
<laughs> right. That's all I know. Six months from now. Yeah. Going to do another episode about masks, but we're going to focus on over-the-head masks, rubber Ooh. masks. Yeah, yeah, You know? Yeah. Talked about vacuform this time. The next mask episode, six months down the road, we're going to talk about a different type of Halloween mask, at which point we will have a special guest who, I think if anybody who's involved in monster stuff, Halloween, or if you've ever been to a horror convention, you are going to know this guy's work. That's all I can say. I mean, on top of that, though, we might even, in in the short span of six months, possibly even compile more people to talk to. That's true. Yeah, I'd love to get more guests. Like, well, if we're at a convention, I always have this recorder on me. Yeah. So there's a possibility we could get some poll, you know, interviews from other people, too. Yep. But uh, as far as the next mask episode goes this i don't want to say who it is i want to surprise yeah, yeah. everybody but I, I i call i think he's a legend yeah i'd say he's a legend he, uh, he probably he probably won't admit to that but his his masks that he make are very distinct and have a very specific look and i have wanted to own one for so long but every time i saw him at a convention <laughs> yeah his stuff sells out before the con even opens Wow. So, wow. And he's agreed to do an interview. So that's yeah. that's the best part. We're just going to, you know, we got six months to work it out. So yeah. Yeah. That's it's exciting. Great. Exciting times for M3 with E5. The, Mo- little, the little show they could. Moving on up in the world. <laughs> right? My question to you Uh-oh. is, uh, I mean, I can't ask you how it was because as of recording, it hasn't happened yet. Yeah. But what are your Halloween plans? Oh, fuck. Um, okay. Let's get depressed again. Um <laughs> <laughs> I uh I love Halloween, right? Yeah. But honestly, I do get depressed during Halloween. It's like Christmas. I loved Christmas as a kid. Oh, not yeah. not the commercial aspect of Christmas, yeah. just the idea of Christmas. I loved seeing uh, it's a wonderful life once a year. Just the fresh snow on the ground. Yeah, yeah. I love Halloween, but it's like it is so commercialized in a sense. Like I. I had mentioned spirit stores. I don't like going into a spirit store because I feel like I'm going into a Goodwill. Like the charm is gone. And uh, I, I hate – I'm happy that people enjoy it. I'm happy that people are watching one horror movie a day. I get excited going into a spirit Halloween and seeing uh, trick-or-treat studio stuff. Okay. That's cool to me. See, the ones that I've been to are – I didn't see any of this stuff. Yeah. So that sucks uh, for me at least. I think it's. I think the reason I get bummed out is just because I work so much and I have orders that I have to fulfill. So I I don't have time to watch a movie a day. Right. So I feel like I'm just missing out on the good times. Yeah. You know. So yeah. uh, I am dressing up though. Uh, I'm going to one costume party this year. Uh, it's this Saturday. Katrina and I are going. And I can tell you now because it's not going to ruin the surprise. No, because this comes out on yeah. Tuesday. <laughs> She's dressing up as Winslow Leach from Phantom of the Paradise. Yeah, how's the costume coming along? Really good. Yeah, she got off the internet um, uh, schematics of how to build the helmet out of craft foam. Hell yeah! So she has a helmet built. She made a little costume using some clothes that she has. I am going to be dressing up as Beef. Hell yeah! Hell yeah, man! <laughs> End of movie, all red. Nope. Switched it up. Oh. Yeah. Switched it up. Uh, I am the beef with the resin belt buckle with the snake in it. Hell yeah. Yeah. <laughs> That's even better. Yeah. <laughs> so, we're yeah, we're doing that. And then probably on actual Halloween, probably nothing because nobody trick-or-treats in our neighborhood. Yeah. I mean, so. that, that'll be, that can be your one yeah. night of hangout, do a horror movie marathon. And then Maybe- what? 
Don't work that day. I probably won't. Uh, <laughs> Take I'll, one day. I'll for probably yourself. buy a bunch of candy for myself. Yeah, and I'll probably we'll probably watch a horror movie, and I may end up just watching uh, one of the classics by myself. I like to watch either Halloween, the OG, yeah. or even The Shining. I love The Shining. You know, Shining is a, a December movie for me. Is it? It's yeah. you know that's a that's a dual function movie. Yeah. It's yeah. either or. Yeah. You know, so yeah. I'll Watch a movie. Crack open the window just a little bit so it gets cold in the house. Probably have a course. <laughs> yeah. I'll probably crack yeah. open a course. What bag of candy are you getting? Oh, I like to get the, the variety kind so it's a little bit different. Oh, uh, yeah, yeah, Not too cheap, not too expensive because I, I'm not a man of money, Brian. No, no, no. We've talked about the pizza inflation. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> I'm not a man of money. My my dad would always get two bags of candy corn. Oh, yeah. You mentioned candy corn. I can't do it, but hey, okay. He would get them beginning of like mid mid October, and every year I feel like it'd be like, "Oh, is that for the trick or treaters?" And he'd be like, "No, oh, it's for me." Yeah. <laughs> well, whatever made him happy. That's good. Yeah, I tried. I really did try to enjoy candy corn, and I just could not. I haven't had any since since he passed because he bought them. I, yeah. I never bought them. <sighs> Although part of me almost wants to start that as a tradition. Okay. Yeah. Did you eat them when he had them? He needed the help. Okay. <laughs> I was doing a civil service. Right. Okay. That's fair. That's fine. Yeah, yeah. I think you you guys need to get to the point where I'm at now where I just like Halloween, like I take a like a 2-3 day road trip. Yeah. You guys just got to you got to get to the point where you can start cuz it is a blast. Well, we'll see this. There is going to be a pizza for me on Halloween night. I'm going to give me a home run in pizza. Oh. I'm going to eat all of it. Going all out. Yep. All right. Spending the big bucks. Can you do me a favor? Sure. Because I know you like to add your toppings to your pizza. Yep. Can you make it look like a vampire bat? Oh, I've done that. <laughs> I've done that. I actually, yeah, back in the day with uh, when Jack's was affordable prior to the pizza inflation wars. Yes. I would cut shapes out of my Jack's pizza just for fun. Yeah. Yeah. I cut a bat shape out of a pizza once. With an X-Acto knife. I didn't do it with an X-Acto <laughs> knife. I did it actually with the pizza cutter, yes. but I'm, I I got... My hands are very dexterous. Yes. Yeah, so. So I've heard. That's it. And you are doing a Halloween trip, right? That's how you're celebrating Halloween? Uh, Yeah, this is my third year in a row of doing a Halloween trip. Um, Can you tell the audience where you're going? Yeah, because it'll have already happened. Okay. Uh, I'm going to go down to West Virginia to do the Mothman Museum, which I understand is pretty small. It's very small. I've been there. Fucking awesome. Yeah. It's awesome because they have original newspaper clippings on display yeah then i'm gonna drive out to like the allen town area in pennsylvania go to the colonial theater and see theater of blood i've been to allentown for a rocky horror convention oh um i picked that town just saying it because it's in between all the places that i'm going to in pennsylvania so there's a song about allentown pennsylvania going down to allentown it's a crappy 70s song yeah yeah they're showing uh theater of blood and 35 millimeter and and vincent price's daughter is going to be there doing Hell Q&A. Yeah. And then I'm going to go to the Mahoning because they're doing Wicker Man and they're oh. lighting a Wicker Man on yeah. fire. Yeah, I wish I could go to that. That yeah. sounds fun. Also in 35, I believe. Yeah. My first thought was, are they going to put somebody inside the Wicker Man? Like, keep it yeah, real? Right? Yeah, right. <laughs> Hell yeah. Yeah, that's my plan. Okay. I try to do some sort of, like, movie and, like, fil- horror filming location every every. Yeah. Home. That's cool. Yeah. Colonial's, it's a nice theater. 
Yeah, I cannot wait. Yeah, it's cool. I bet that town's really cool, too. It's very nice. Yeah, it's very pretty, actually. So I've been there. Loved it. Loved it. I want to thank you all for listening to this very long episode. I hope you enjoyed the content. because It's our Halloween special. It is. It's a Halloween special. I hope I took you down memory lane. If you had, if you were a monster kid and had, if you were a monster kid, you had yourself a vacuum form mask and a little vinyl jumper. I hope I took you down nostalgia lane, my friend. Yeah, I did. Cool. I went through the nostalgia lane. Yeah, yeah, that was good. a great episode. I hope, I hope you learned something. The Spider-Man thing blew my mind. Yeah. Yeah, I, yeah. that, and then Halco making the very first zombie costume in the 50s. This is the least I've ever interrupted you on an episode. Yeah. I want it to be noted. Okay. <laughs> I mean, even if Sean Stutler is fine, would be very happy that you didn't interrupt yeah. me a lot, but I don't care. I like it. I think it's fun. I love the, I love the bouncing. It's like we're like a ping pong table. And that's the episode, ladies and gentlemen. Thank you for joining M3 with E5. Tschüss. Auf Wiedersehen. Und bis später. Ja. Yeah. <laughs> Brian? Yeah. You got anything going on in your life? Um, Tell the world what you're doing and you're going to be doing. I want to plug that first. Yeah, you go. Uh, I got, I think it's still called Destination Sci-Fi. Mm. Um, November 12th, 13th, Indianapolis. It's at the fairgrounds. Uh, it's, uh, Fanboy Expo's putting it on, so it's through that website. Go to that website. Okay. Lee Majors is gonna be there, so that's cool. Six he, million? Yeah, he had a vacuum form mask. Yeah, he did, yeah. <laughs> and the Sasquatch, yeah. I bet. Yeah. <laughs> um, you got a sale coming up or anything? Oh, fuck, man. I don't have, no. <laughs> keep, a, keep an eye on your Instagram, because you, you were making a point about putting up a sale yeah, like of I, stuff that's already made. Technically I do have a sale coming up this Sunday of just oh, okay. some ready-made yeah. heads, but right, it's already gonna they'll be sold out. Yeah. I'm going to try to do another sale at some point in November of just a couple of heads here and there, so you'll have to just follow my Instagram and my stories just to see details. My next sale, if I'm lucky, if I can get through this current batch of orders, my next sale will be sometime in December. It'll be, if I, if I can do it, it'll be a very small sale so that way everybody can get their shit by Christmas because otherwise mm. I'm just going to I'm going to get a lot of nasty emails from people being like I ordered this and I'm not getting it for Christmas I'm yeah. like well technically it says three months to ship but right. you didn't read bother to read it so right pre-made yeah. designs maybe do like like just a stock of like five of each or yeah. something yeah. yeah so yeah I don't really have anything I I'm hoping I'm going to do a couple cons next year. Just some small ones, maybe. Yeah. Try to get back into it. Yeah. We'll, we'll see. I don't know. I want to see where St. James in the Fallen goes, because I really think we could hit it big. Are they going to be working on the the M3 with E5 EP? That's going to be a separate, separate thing. Oh, but I am excited, though. I mentioned my, my blues earlier. Yeah. Uh, or I, I didn't do it, but I actually wrote a blues song about Ben Cooper. Oh. So that'll be on the M3 with E5 yeah. LP of MP3s. <laughs> yes. Uh, so yeah, there'll be a blues song about, I got the Ben Cooper blues, baby. Ooh. Ooh. I got the Ben Cooper blues. Good do you, stuff. Do you need harmonica on that? Yep. Can you do it? You, you my guy? Yeah. Hell yeah. Yeah. Oh, this is gonna be, this is, <laughs> this is gonna be great. But great. <laughs> I mean, awful. Yeah. But so awful, it'll be funny. People will listen to it. Unfortunately, my only harmonicas are in C. I'm gonna do it in the key of G just to make it sound great and awful. All right, cool. Yeah. All <laughs> just right. to see what it All sounds right. like. I'll buy a harmonica in G. That doesn't matter. <laughs>
Barb? Barb Novak. <laughs> you know Barb Novak. She's got a ping pong ball. Oh, table. yeah, down in the rumpus room. In the rumpus room, yeah. Down she's in the got rumpus a, room. It's, and from what I hear, it's official, it's an official competitor size ping pong table. Oh, yeah, Remington. It, exactly. <laughs> and I believe it even have on the side, it's got a beer holster for your schlitz. Yeah. Your straws. Yeah, you keep your a koozie. Hams. You keep a koozie. You got on a beer that. koozie built you into the You got to keep a koozie. Yeah. Yeah, Barb, yeah, Barb Novak. We don't have, uh, the central air conditioning down in the rompus room. No, not in the rompus room. <laughs> you keep the air up in the front room to keep the electric bill down, you know? Barb, I told you to keep that door closed. We ain't, we ain't heating the outside, Barb. Oh, Dahmer's at the door. I gotta go get the door. 